Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Alright, friends and family. We family. Are, family. What? What family? Don't never go against the family. <laughs> we are back. I know it's been a while. <laughs> this is week two of Octoberama. Sound burnt out already. <laughs> Boy, am I tired. Uh, this is the Grave Plot Podcast, by the way. <laughs> this is off to a strong start. <laughs> I told you earlier. Say, I'm- fuck it. Podcast or whatever. <laughs> News. Horror. <laughs> Bye. Some fucking guy is making some... So there's some movies that are happening or something. I don't know. Whatever. You figure it out. <laughs> uh, week two of Octoberama. Week of the zombie. Also, our two-year anniversary show. Aww. Hey. Are we going to hold hands the whole time? No, we're not going to do that. You forgot no. to introduce yourself. <laughs> I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor Terror. <laughs> Ah, oh, Christ. We're going strong, this one. Yeah, this is off to a great start. And there's nowhere to go but up, hopefully. <laughs> this is going real well. <laughs> so how you doing? Ah, uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. I saw you uh, You caught the premiere of American Horror Story. I did. How was it? Um, It was <clears throat> okay. Yeah? Yeah. Have you been watching? Uh, have you been watching Fear the Walking Dead at all? Yeah, I'm not thrilled with it. You know, I, the biggest complaint about it has been that it's boring and there's not enough zombies. But it's like it's about the beginning of the outbreak. There's not just going to be tons of zombies, and everyone is being way too ADD. Yeah, um, I, I guess my biggest complaint with it is that there isn't. A single likable person on the Yes, show. that's my beef with it, is all the people are fucking shitty. Yeah. Not like fucking shitty, but like they're shitty people. Yeah, it's like I don't care if these assholes live or die. Yeah, like the, the main guy, um, I don't remember his name. Cliff Curtis, whatever his yeah, him. name is. He He's okay. He's probably the most likable. Yeah, but that... His son, only because he's so pathetic. His son is like this neo-activist bullshit fucking douchebag yeah and then his his girlfriend is she's there yeah i mean she's got she goes from like being really annoying to not but never really like likable right yeah i mean if you haven't been watching it um i i I can't remember characters names i mean that's obviously how much i care about them um but you got cliff curtis uh and kim davis they're this couple they're not married they're just together living together yeah um they each have their own kids he's got like you said the the douchebag activist son who's like it's like he's just venturing into activism right so he doesn't really know what the fuck he's doing and so i mean those are easily the most annoying activists Mm -hmm. um and then she's got her own two kids one's a daughter you know she's like a typical bitchy teenager exactly how i predicted before the show even premiered if you remember um and then she's got this son who's, you know, maybe early 20s somewhere. Seems like it, yeah. Um, and He's a fucking junkie. He is. Why is there so many fucking junkies on TV now? I don't know. It's, you said you've been watching From Dust Till Dawn 2, the second season, right? Yeah. Why is Seth on heroin? Why is that a thing now? I, Mexico, man. 
does crazy things to you. Fucking tequila. <laughs> uh, one night in TJ, you know. Makes a hard man humble. <laughs> um, Wait, that's Bangkok. <laughs> same thing. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, and so, I mean, these are probably your main characters. And then you've got Cliff Curtis's ex-wife who, uh, she's on the Orange is, Orange is the New Black. Oh, is she? Yeah, she's one of the one of the prisoners. Oh. Um, she's a... You know the, the the Mexican girl that's that was banging the guard. Yes, her her mom. Oh yeah, um, I guess that is her. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even recognize her. Um, she also plays an FBI agent on Grimm. <laughs> really, like She's different running character. the gambit. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, all these people—they're just assholes, and they're all just miserable. Yeah, they all suck. I don't care if any of them die. Yeah, I mean. Some some of them have, won't say who. Oh really? I haven't gotten that far. Oh yeah, well I won't won't tell you then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, just a bunch of miserable assholes that just hate each other. And yeah, I, I imagine they're supposed to kind of represent like the, the the modern American family. You know, obviously there's a lot of divorce and remarriages mm-hmm. and you know mixed mixed families. Um. But I don't know. Maybe I live in a bubble. I don't know. But I don't really see that to where there's all this just drama and animosity between everyone. I don't know. I, like I said, I don't care about any of them. And so, therefore, I don't care about the show that much. Yeah. But The um, Real Walking Dead comes back tomorrow as of this recording. We're recording on Saturday. Yeah. I, I, I kind of wish that we could record on Monday so we could actually talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but hoping for a good season. We can talk about it next episode. Yeah. Too bad it won't be Week of the Zombie anymore. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, Fear the, Fear the Walking Dead is just rubbish. And, uh, Horror Story, uh, American Horror Story. That's got a junkie in it, too. Yeah. Fuck, what the hell? <laughs> I guess maybe just, uh, um, you know things like Breaking Bad. I think probably just shot that lifestyle into the spotlight. I guess. Um, I don't. I don't care for it. I don't want to see it. Yeah. Um. But I assume you didn't watch it. No. Yeah. Uh, the first half. I mean, God, the season premiere is an hour and a half long. By the way, be prepared for that. Yeah. It started at 10 o'clock. You know, my wife and I, we go to bed at 11 because we fucking work in the morning. Um, and uh starts at 10. She's like, okay, well, we can watch this before we go to bed. 11 o'clock rolls around. The episode's still going. So I checked the, uh, the, the the TV guide. and The TV guide? What? The TV guide. Yeah. You said the TV guide. <laughs> I didn't mean like TV Guide, the the magazine, or the... I know. I'm just making fun of the way you said it. Well, because it was the guide on the TV. Okay. <laughs> so I said it with different inflection. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, it said it had another fucking hour, uh, another half hour out of it. Like, shit. <laughs> uh, but m- most of it was okay. You know, most seasons of... Uh, 
American Horror Story start out pretty slow. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, eventually starts to build up. This one was really no different. Started out pretty slow. Um, it's a lot of characters, like, just right off the bat. And I don't I don't think they've even introduced all of them yet. Oh, boy. Um, but then fucking Lady Gaga comes in. <laughs> in about the last half hour. So, you know, an, an hour without her was great. <laughs> and then she comes in and it's... I, I posted this online somewhere. It was like watching a piece of wood try to act. <laughs> like a stump? Yeah. Uh, she was so stiff. And I. it, it blows me away how somebody with so much uh, liveliness and, and you know, stage presence when, when, they're, you know, when she's doing her music, how she can be like that on stage. But then in front of a camera, she, there's just nothing. Hmm. And maybe it was the character. I don't know. But the character, from what I saw, isn't interesting at all. <laughs> huh. So, um, and I, I'm pretty sure her and, and Matt, uh, Matt Bomber, um, I, I think they play vampires. But That was kind of the impression I got from some of the promos. Yeah. Um, she wears like these metal claws like over her gloves and she makes a real point to make them pronounced <laughs> she does you know a lot of like the nightmare remake yeah yeah exactly um and in, instead of you know we talked about this last week vampires without fangs um there, there seemed to be no inc- indication that they had fangs you know they, they her and matt bomber they take this they, they went to um for uh, Hollywood Forever, uh, you know, the cemetery. Yeah. And they were showing a screening of Nosferatu. And they go there and they pick up this couple uh, that they're watching the movie. They bring them back to the hotel and they have this big foursome. Um, and then she, like, takes her little claw and, like, slits the, the guy's throat and drinks his blood. So if that's the kind of vampire we're looking at here... I mean, if they are vampires. Yeah, maybe they're just people who drink blood. Maybe, but who who does that? I'm sure there are people. Uh, it, it, Cannibals? There's something definitely supernatural about her. I won't get into it because it kind of reveals some some plot points. Um, but if you haven't watched it, go ahead, go ahead and give it a, a look and tell us what you think. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, anyway, so what else, any, anything else going on? Um, no, not really. All right. Oh, wait, I forgot. I wanted to say, uh, we were contacted by the people at Man Crates mm. about doing a ultimate survival or ultimate horror movie survival kit. Right. So what we're doing is we're passing the question on to you, the listeners. So we want to know if you were trapped in a horror movie what supplies would you want? You can tweet us your answers. You can post them on our Facebook, or you can email them to contact at graveplotpodcast.com. And we'll read our favorite answers as well as give our own answers on our Halloween episode. Yeah. Are we waiting that long? Yep. Oh, all right then. Um, Oh, later. Well, as the day, the day you're hearing this, Two days later, on Friday, we're going to be filming our new Halloween short. Oh, shit. That's that early, isn't it? Yep. 
<laughs> yes, we are. So that should be exciting. Hopefully we don't hit any snags. We don't have an official release date yet, but before Halloween. Yeah. I mean... Unless something goes terribly, terribly wrong. <laughs> our, yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping, because we're, we're really trying to pull some things together on this one. We And we're starting late. We are. Um, well, we, we started probably about a month ago. We were filming late. We are filming late. That That's an issue. Uh, unfortunately, it's just this month is so busy. Yeah. <laughs> We've just got so much going on. We in, in hindsight, we should have recorded last month and then just given ourselves plenty of time if we needed to do reshoots or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, them's the breaks. Regardless, we're filming it on Friday. Um, if you haven't checked out our one from last year, it's it's on our website. It's yep. called Addicted to Halloween. Yeah, you can hit, you know, hit it through our website or just go to YouTube and yeah, we have we have a YouTube channel. It's the only video on our YouTube channel, but yeah, soon there will be another one. But yeah, hopefully we don't hit any snags because we're real tight on time. Yeah, um, you know, last year we actually premiered it. Well, I wasn't there, but we premiered it at. Um, the Halloween party that we went to—that was like our world that we premiere. that we co-sponsored, right? <laughs> um, and I, I imagine we'll probably do the same thing this year. Yeah. Um, but then we released it online shortly after. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there'll there'll be another video on there soon. So yeah, keep an eye out for it. Um, I I I like what we've got prepared me too um i just hope it all goes well i mean you know last year you may have noticed that the production value of it was fairly low <laughs> yeah uh i think we did pretty well with what we had available mm-hmm. <clears throat> this year we've actually got somebody who is it's not her career i don't think but somebody who's actually like a, a film hobbyist so you know somebody actually knows what she's doing um and this one, this one's different than last year, so be ready, than, ready for that. Um, anyway, so yeah, it, it's exciting. I'm really looking forward to it. Me too. Um, really hope everything comes together. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I guess that's all for our bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so why don't we just go ahead and jump into some horror business. Starting out with some real world horror, as we do. True story. <sighs> it's never going away. I could kill you. <laughs> you could, but nobody wants to listen to you talk to yourself for two hours. <laughs> um, so in is it Poon? <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't read it out loud yet. But yeah, I think it is. Poon, Indiana? Or no, India. (laughs) Hey, it looks like a tie-in to one of our movies. Yeah. Um, uh, (laughs) It's like Poon or Pune. Pune? It's P-U-N-E. Yeah. It's near Mumbai. India. India. Where it's the land of uh, Dalzim. Yes. And yoga fire. 
Nostalgia. Yes. Throwbacks. <laughs> Got them all day. All right, read the fucking story. <laughs> uh, six-year-old Ram Shavin. I'm sure it's, it's probably Ram Shavon. Ram Shavon. <laughs> Ram Shavin. <laughs> America. <laughs> um, so he was discovered uh, walking through a neighborhood carrying his wife's head. So, you know. That will raise That's some eyebrows. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I guess he decapitated his wife. Decapitated. <laughs> uh, dec- <laughs> I almost said decapitated. <laughs> he decapitated his wife with an axe after he discovered she was having an affair. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's a bit of an overreaction. Yeah. I mean, he could have gone elbow deep inside her ass, but... That's true. He could have done that. Uh, you know, it, it's basically two ways to get the same... Yeah, same end result. Yeah. Um, you know, six and one, half a dozen the other. Right. You like this, like this hand motion? Looks like you're juggling some balls. <laughs> Um, and by balls, I mean testicles. Yep. Those are some, some, <laughs> some big, big, big meaty clackers. <laughs> uh, God, I can't believe we're laughing during this. We're such assholes. We're not laughing at it, though. No, we're not. <laughs> God. Um, so if you caught your wife having an affair on you, what would you do? Uh, I would probably leave her. Yeah, that seems like the far more reasonable thing to do. You know, somebody with a level head. You know, maybe it's just like an honor thing. Maybe. Uh, I don't know how deeply that runs in India. Yeah, I don't either. I know if it was in like Japan or something. Right. They're all about honor. Yeah. That's all they got. Just honor. Yeah. Seppuku. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's currently in, uh, Siobhan is currently in custody, uh, and the inv- investigation's ongoing. This there seems is, like an open and shut there's case. There's video of him carrying his wife's head down the street. Yeah. Uh, even if he didn't actually kill her, he had her head <laughs> in his hand. Um, I wonder where he's going. Yeah, like, what, was was it like trying to send a message? Like, anybody who fucks with me, <laughs> this is what this, this is what happens. He should have, or was it just like, oh, well, I gotta get from A to B. What am I gonna do? Like, it's like, well, you know, the dumpster is on the other side of the cul-de-sac. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have a bowling bag to put it in. So. <laughs> who bowls anymore? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you do, you just you get your ball at the at the lane. You don't. Yeah, but yeah, far more cost effective. You know, the video is like. Some of this video may be disturbing to some viewers, but then the whole thing's blurred out. I don't, I don't get that. That's happening more and more often. It's like that wasn't disturbing or shocking. Yeah, like I can understand blurring it out, but then don't call it disturbing because it's not. Yeah, unless you find pixelated blurs disturbing. Yeah. I mean, if that's something that goes on in your head, then to each their own. But, but yeah, this video, like he's just. 
he's walking down a very crowded street. It's not like an isolated thing. Right. There's people like riding by on bikes and stuff, and he's just just completely unfazed by the whole scenario. Yeah. Well, I mean, if if uh, one of the movies that we watched for this episode is any indication, it looks like there are no non-crowded places. Yeah. Uh, I think. Well, I mean, India has like one of the biggest overpopulation. I think so. Yeah. Problems in the world. Yeah. Um, unless you're out in like the fucking desert somewhere, then yeah. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't know how accurate. Uh, accurate. That's a word now. Is it? <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Made it up. <laughs> uh, I don't know how accurate the depiction was in that movie, but uh, Mumbai kind of looks like a shithole. Yeah, a little bit like a like a slum. Anyway, uh, so yeah, there's some real bang up police work, you know, caught, <laughs> caught the guy and now they're investigating. <laughs> Watch the video. That's all the investigating you really need to right. do. It's just like he either did it or he knows who did. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. Next story. Well, back from the grave, I don't know when I was that I go see you when I see you. So, tying into our other review. Huh? Ah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I got it. And keeping with the week of the zombie theme, uh, John Russo is returning to the zombie genre. John Russo, of course, is the man behind Return of the Living Dead. And the embittered former partner of George Romero. Right. I was going to get into that later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, he's apparently working on a movie called My Uncle John is a Zombie. This is based on a commercial that he did for World War Z on Epics, in which he played a zombified version of himself. Oh. Um, I haven't seen it, have you? I've seen pictures of it, but I have not seen Mm. the commercial itself, no. Okay. Uh, My Uncle John is a zombie centers around a zombie whose family took him in and rehabilitated him. Oh, fuck me. Fuck, fuck you, John Russo. To a degree. Ugh. And he has been living in hiding all of these years. Now, in a post-zombie modern world, Uncle John is about to be discovered. As word gets out about Uncle John and the fact that, although he is a zombie, he still has considerable communication skills and a witty sense of humor, Mm. his popularity starts to spread faster than the zombie apocalypse itself. With news coverage and fame growing by the day. Period. (laughs) However. (laughs) Whoops. However, there are some people who do not want to see zombies of any kind getting notoriety, racists, who believe that the only good zombie is a dead zombie. They're right. Absolutely. Make, but wait, I'm not racist. <laughs> no, not, not that part. The only good zombie is dead. I said that to my wife last night. We were watching Hocus Pocus. And Billy came back to life and they said, no, no, he's a good zombie. I'm like, no, no. The only good zombie is a dead zombie. Fact. Uh, and these people make it their mission to capture Uncle John and have a little fun at their hunt club. Russo will write, co-direct with Robert L. Lucas and star as Uncle John. Uh, also starring Debbie Rochon, Lloyd Kaufman. Hey! Uh, Nicholas Knight, Gary Lee Vincent. Maybe, as, we should get, maybe we should get Lloyd Kaufman to be in our short. He seems to be in he everything. He does everything. Yeah. 
He'll probably work for like Subway sandwiches or something. <laughs> Maybe he'll put the short out under the Troma label. Maybe. Uh, DJ model, dancer, fire breather, sci-fi as John's beautiful caretaker and niece who makes sure he's fed. Sal Lizard. Fire. As vampire Santa. What? <laughs> this took a turn. <laughs> Uh, and the Night of the Living Dead Sheriff, George Kosana, as a retired sheriff. So really stepping out of his comfort zone. Right. Um, so, yeah, this sounds dumb. Th- yeah. Fucking. Uh, this sounds like Fido. It's, yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, well, I mean, to an extent. I mean, slightly different, obviously. But, right. Uh, the character sounds similar to Fido. Yeah. And he's no um, uh, Billy. I don't remember. I'm terrible with names. Billy Billy Gardell? No, that's not that's not him. It's yeah, it's Billy something. You know Billy, old oh, Billy, <laughs> Irish Billy. Oh, Billy, <laughs> Irish Billy. Right from Boondocks. So they call him <laughs> Irish Billy. Yeah, that's what they call him in prison. Sounds like a drink. <laughs> Let's make an Irish Billy. Sure. Jameson, of course. Okay. And half and half. <laughs> what? I don't know. They do it in a white Russian. White Russian doesn't have whiskey in it. <laughs> I know. If it did, then it would be an Irish Billy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on it. Okay. Uh, we'll sell it at our bar with the great plot. Right. Which just sounds disgusting. What, the great plot? Yeah. How can you make a grape alcoholic drink? <laughs> it's going to taste like cough syrup. It's whiskey and pitch black. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, that could be pretty awesome. <laughs> but we got to make the pitch black. We got to make it. Or Mountain Dew could make pitch black. Yeah, you assholes. Dicks. Nobody wants your fucking gamer fuel. My brother-in-law does. Berry bullshit. My brother-in-law buys gamer fuel every year. Yeah, well, fuck that guy. He has he has uh, twelve packs of it from like several years ago. So many years ago. Tell him he's part of the problem. <laughs> I need my pitch black. It was like a. Co- I've signed the petition. I'm sure I've signed a few. Yeah. Uh, seriously, when they brought it back. Uh, was it about five, six years ago for a uh, summer? When I was in New York, so four or five probably. Yeah. Uh, I remember I was in California, so it was right before I met my wife. So it's yeah, probably about yeah, four or five years ago, somewhere in there. But they brought it back for a summer. And I swear to God, it was like getting half a, half a hand job. <laughs> it's like they gave it to you and they took it away before you could really you know, get that satisfaction. Right. <clears throat> Every time I found it in a store, I bought all the ones they had. Like, I'm not exaggerating. I bought all the ones they had in the cooler. And I savored them. <laughs> I think I I think I think had them, like, almost until Halloween that year. Nice. Yeah. It was awesome. Was it, was it Pitch Black or Pitch Black 2? Pitch Black. Pitch Black 2 is gross. You didn't like the sour? No. I don't like sour things at all. Oh. I'm starting to really like whiskey sours. I'm, it's becoming my new drink. No, you're Dark and Stormies. No. At least I mean, drinking, I still like Dark and Stormies, but... At least you're drinking whiskey instead of rum. Rum's for women. 
And pirates. <laughs> pirates. Yeah, where are they now? Nigeria. That's where they are. And Somalia. Yeah. That's where they are, Taylor. Maybe you should go there. <laughs> With your fucking rum. You're 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 mean. We're not even talking about this Uncle John thing anymore. Who cares? Let's move on. El Rey, a channel that we all love and think uh, Robert Robert, you know him. You know that guy. Oh, Robert Rodriguez? Yeah. Yeah. Robert Rodriguez, his channel, he, he made it from his brain. <laughs> With bare hands. <laughs> he crafted it from iron. Um, and I mean bear like the animal. Like he has bare hands. <laughs> he has the hands of a bear. He has no fingers. It's difficult. <laughs> um, anyway, but yeah, they do uh, from dusk till dawn. Lucha Underground. Yeah. Which I... I don't have El Rey. Um, but for some reason, I can watch From Dust Till Dawn on, on demand. All right. I, I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> um, but they'll show commercials for El Rey, you know, obviously. Yeah. In the same place they would during the original airing. And they show, like, clips from their, their Lucha stuff, and it's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. And it's, well, I mean, it's all, like, pre-recorded, too. Mm-hmm. And it's it's... Like you know the the stereotype of that pro wrestling is a soap opera for men. It's it's seriously like soap opera. <laughs> nice, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean it's like if you watch wrestling but you only really like the high flyers, then lucha wrestling is for. Oh you. yeah, I mean that's all they do, and they do some pretty intense shit. Yeah, they got some badass wrestlers. Yeah, um, anyway. the story is not about lucha underground. No, as much as Max Zaleski wishes it was. <laughs> uh it is actually about the fact that El Rey has picked up a couple or a handful of interesting shows for syndication. Mm-hmm. Um, starting in November, they're going to start running Almost Human. Wait, not Almost Human. Being Human? Or- no, Almost Human. It was, a, it was a show on Fox with, I think, Mario Van Peebles. Oh, the thing that, no. I, I know what you're talking about. It had uh, Carl Urban in it. Car- yeah. Yeah. That didn't even run for a season. How are they going to run that? I don't know. Well, but, Aside from that, he had Constantine, which even didn't even get a whole season. So, <laughs> I really want Constantine to come back. Well, this is as close as you're going to get. Well, he's actually going to be in um, at least one episode of Arrow. So that's pretty sweet. Yeah. And it's actually going to be Matt Ryan playing him. Um, when he's not playing quarterback for the Falcons. Right. Uh, and then, also... Uh, fans of nostalgia will be excited to hear that they're also going to be running Freddy's Nightmares. That's awesome. Right? Uh, Freddy's Nightmares, during its original run, uh, was awful. But <laughs> it's one of those shows that you just watch it because uh, you, you did when you were a kid. Yeah. I don't really remember much about it because I was so young when it came on. I mean, it was, what, late 80s? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was like four or five when it, I think when it stopped. Yeah, I never watched it when it aired. I didn't, I just caught a couple episodes later in life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think but, it was kind of similar to like Tales of the Crypt. 
tips Kinda. from the crypt. Yeah, yeah. Um, Freddy was like the host. Right, and he would on occasion be in a, in a story. Right. But also coming in 2016, so, you know, that's that's next year for everyone. Mm-hmm. Just in case. Is that next November or just? I don't know. Hmm. It doesn't. I don't think this necessitates uh, that time of year. But I wouldn't think. 2016, they're going to be showing the 2002 series of The Twilight Zone. Uh, I believe that was hosted by Jonathan Frakes. I don't know who that is. Captain, or uh, Commander Riker. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I, I mean, was that Twilight Zone or was that Outer Limits? I think it was Twilight Zone. Okay. Um and then I think it was later hosted by fucking sloppy-eyed Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> that guy creeps me out, and I hate him for it. <laughs> uh, and then also the original V-series. And. The oh, new- right. And the miniseries. Yeah, both of them. Um, did you watch? No. That? You didn't? Okay. Never mind. And also Mortal Kombat Conquest. Oh, right, right. Which was that the animated series? No, that was the live series. It was actually a prequel to the to like the game series. Oh, okay. I believe one of the main characters was Kung Lao, or maybe his ancestor. I don't know. I it's been a while. Um, it was okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, was, it wasn't. I mean, obviously, it didn't last too long, but it was. It was nice to see a Mortal Kombat series. Yeah, that was cool. Um, yeah. So, uh, look out for that next month. Uh, Almost Human, Constantine, and Freddy's Nightmares. I know. I mean, especially Constantine, because, well, maybe not especially Constantine, but uh, Constantine was on Hulu for a while. Yeah. But then once, I think, NBC really brought down the axe that they, they took him off. Mm. So, uh, El Rey. I don't know their slogan. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's it. <laughs> Sounded like it was, the way I said it. <laughs> that's all it takes. Okay, this is a story that just came into the newsroom. This just in. Uh, a new show has been announced um, called Nightmares. Uh, it's going to be brought to you by. Sorry, I'm still familiarizing myself with this. Uh, Kevin Grivu, who played. Uh, I can't remember if it's Raz or Raz. In uh, the Underworld series, who apparently he also wrote it. Oh yeah, yeah. I had no idea that he wrote wrote that movie. Um, but he's got if he, he's the like big hulking black guy <laughs> with the really creepy voice. Oh right. Uh, yeah. Apparently, he's going to be hosting it with uh, I think voiceovers. Um, 
But yeah, the show is called Nightmares. Uh, it's going to be it's billed as an in-depth nightmare reenactment series, where the crew of the show will take take a look at the nightmares of its of, of the viewers and try to find answers uh, of why these dreams are like what they mean and um, and the significance of them. So that's interesting concept. Uh, the the tagline of the show is "It's time to face your demons." Ooh. I know, scary. By the way, by the way, El Rey's slogan is "Ride with us." Oh, El Rey, ride with us. Yep. Better, better. Yeah. Then <laughs> I don't know what their slogan is. Nightmares. It's time to face your demons. Right. Um, so this is going to be fairly star-studded. Uh, I mean. You know, it's a, it's a reenactment show, but it's not like, um, you know, the Paranormal Witness or you remember uh, Rescue 911? Yeah. I was thinking Reno 911 for a minute. I was like, yeah, what does that have to do with anything? No, no. But, you know, those emergency shows or ghost shows with just really bad reenactments or, you know, those uh, true crime shows. Um, this is actually going to feature some some known names um like i mentioned kevin uh, grivio grivio it's french <laughs> um he's going to be hosting uh also lance henriksen of course is going to introduce each episode the artwork of clive barker will serve as the bat- backdrop for each episode um <laughs> and uh let's see i guess the producers are being pretty quiet about who all is involved, but um, we know that uh, Lisa Wilcox, who is in Nightmare on Elm Street 4 and 5, Doug Jones, everybody fucking knows Doug Jones, um, he played Billy the Zombie in Hocus Pocus. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. Um, Nicholas King, who is in Sinister, and Chloe Dykstra from Heroes of Cosplay. Uh, these are people that have been kind of spotted uh, on the set. Looks like maybe even uh, Kane Hodder is going to be involved in some aspect. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's, sorry, this is kind of disjointed. I'm just I'm just reading it over myself. Um, what network is this going to be on? Sci-fi, maybe? Oh. God, this is a longer article than I thought it was. Oh, okay. So it looks like this is actually going to be a Kickstarter campaign. Um, I mean, oh, so it hasn't been picked up yet. No. Uh, they are going to be shopping it around to different networks uh, in you know, production houses. Uh, but there is a Kickstarter campaign. Um, maybe we'll plug it into the show notes. Or you can go to their Facebook. It's facebook.com. <clears throat> slash Nightmare Productions. Um, yeah, this looks like it's pretty going to be pretty cool. I guess they assembled a bunch of contestants from Face Off. Oh, really? To do makeup. Uh, Got a lot of a lot of good people attached. Sounds like. Yeah, I'm pretty impressed with this. I'd like I would like to see this. Uh, but yeah, so the, basically the premise of the show is as a viewer, you submit. Your like strange, fucked up nightmares that you've had, 
they will reenact your nightmare. And then I assume maybe have some kind of dream experts on like maybe a panel of some kind. And they will try to kind of delve into what the meaning is. So interesting concept, something that I haven't seen before. Um, you know, where they actually will make horror stories out of people's dreams. Yeah, so I'm looking at the uh, at the Kickstarter right now. Um, I don't know when it started. They're currently sitting at eight hundred and fifteen dollars. They are looking for two hundred thousand. That's rough. Well, hopefully they get some exposure because this says twenty seven days to go. So they probably started three days ago. Put mm. a thirty day campaign. Okay. Well, yeah, I hope the. For the best, because this sounds really interesting. Yeah, we. Uh, I think we'll we'll go ahead and plug the this Kickstarter link into the show notes. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go check that out. Drop them some money if you have it to spare. We definitely like to see this get started. Make it happen. Do it. So A&E is planning on airing a new show called The Frankenstein Chronicles. Uh, <laughs> more Frankenstein. More Frankenstein than you can shake a flaming stick at. Shake a dick at. What? I don't know. Why would you shake your dick? Hey, Frankenstein, I got a surprise for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is going to be starring Sean Bean of Game of Thrones. Scene Bean. Scene Bean, if you look at it, that's how it should be. Or Sean Bond. Sean Bond. <laughs> yeah. Sean Bean and Sean Bond, they're brothers. Um, how are they brothers if they have different last names? Oh, they're long lost twins, <laughs> separated at birth. Okay. Uh, the story is a reimagining. <sighs> I'm already over it. Yep. Of the Frankenstein story set in 19th century London after a successful operation by the Thames River Police. Thames. Thames River Police. Thames. Shut the fuck up. It's the Thames River. Nobody cares. God damn it. To nab a gang of opium smugglers, a child's corpse is discovered. Inspector John Marlett, Bean, is horrified horrified to discover that it's not actually a child, but a grotesque assembly of human body parts. We follow Marlet on the hunt for the killer behind this abomination, taking him into the dark corners of Georgian London... And an underworld of prostitution, drug smuggling, body snatching, murder for profit, and other vices. So how is this a, even a reimagining? Where does Frankenstein come in? I don't know. I mean, obviously there's a, a pile of bodies or body parts. Well, there's a... Oh, wait. No. Okay. I see. Uh, it basically sounds like a, like a crime procedural... Based upon someone trying to find Frankenstein before his he makes the monster, this kind of sounds like it's during the time period where he's still doing the failed experiments. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that it didn't take place in London. No, <laughs> uh, you know I read Frankenstein a few times and I don't remember London. Well, being it's involved. a reimagining. I'm doing a jack off motion right now. <laughs> Jerk me off. <laughs> um, stroking off. <laughs> Inside joke, don't worry about it. 
Uh, according to well, that makes you have to sense. stroke it off to feed your family. <laughs> um, oh fuck. <laughs> uh, Elaine Frontaine. <laughs> What's with these people's names? <laughs> Elaine Frontaine Bryant, executive vice principal. <laughs> nope. Vice president of programming at A and E says. The Frankenstein Chronicles uniquely merges classic elements from both the crime and horror genres, which pairs perfectly with A&E's growing scripted slate. What do damn do? Okay. I'm done with this. Let's move on. I don't give a shit about this. Why did I even put this on here? Fuck this. Fuck you. Fuck everybody. Fuck A&E. Fuck Scene Bean. <laughs> Fuck Scene Bean and Elaine Fontaine. Ah, uh, that sounds dumb. Okay. USA Network has ordered a two-hour pilot of a show called The Wilding. Isn't that the Nick Cannon show? (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that's it. The Wilding Out? (laughs) Uh, It's from writer-creator Silka Luisa. These fucking names. Uh, uh, Syrian, Syrian, Foy, I got it, uh. Directed Sinister 2, which we just reviewed not too long ago, and Citadel. You reviewed. Don't bring me into that. <laughs> uh, he's set to direct it. So, you know, <clears throat> off to a really stellar start. Um, from Deadline, The Wilding could uh, go straight to series at any point during the production of the pilot. Uh, it's set in suburban North Carolina. It centers around the Hayes family. Uh Typical family. Uh, their seven, but their seventeen-year-old daughter Kayla is just released from a mental institution. Following ten years of treatment, uh, their ideals are quickly threatened. However, when Kayla's apparitions of the dead begin to haunt them once again, if your kid's seeing dead people, is your first into like first inkling going to be send them to a mental institution? Probably. Really. Well, how old are we talking? I guess she's 17 now, and after 10 years, so she was 7. No, my first inclination would probably be like, go to bed. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. Get out. Um, I don't know. To me, it seems like if my kid were to say, hey, I'm seeing this guy, you know, he's wearing a a bowler hat and a nice suit, and then I find out, hey, a guy that wore a bowler hat and a nice suit all the time used to live in this house. She doesn't know that. I might be like, whoa, okay, there's... Whoa! <laughs> there's a little... ghost <laughs> There might be something to this. Not just, well, you're fucking insane. You don't believe in ghosts, I thought. I don't. But if... I'm not going to deny something. It's staring me right in the face. All right. <sighs> mm, uh, Anyways, this show seems to have some, some muscle behind it. Just kind of separates it from some of the other horror drivel that's coming out on TV. Right. Um, besides Foy, you've got uh, Tim Kring from Heroes, Justin Levy from Supergirl, Brian Cavanaugh Jones from Insidious, and Rian Cahill from, from fucking Grace. Fucking. 
It might just be Ryan. It, it might be. Fucking. Fucking. Uh, they're all uh, producers. Yeah, they're they're some fucking guys. They put their name on it. That's yeah. something. Um, the pilot is set to film in Vancouver because because that's where you film things. That's that's where you film things. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? It sounds very generic to me. It sure. This does. description doesn't really make me think it's anything different than every other fucking ghost movie or show. It sounds like a TV adaptation of Paranormal Activity. Sure, yeah. Uh, Have you seen the new trailer for Ghost Dimension? No. Oh my god, it looks so bad! Well, that's no surprise. Wait. I've seen a trailer. I don't know if it's a new one. Oh, there's two out. Oh. I just know... The first one made it look bad. This one makes it look also bad. (laughs) Oh, well, there's that. (laughs) Oh, the one I saw is like, you know, he finds, he's like, oh, I found this old camera. And the wife's like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> like, yeah, look at this sweet, badass VHS camera that weighs like a thousand pounds. So cool. I'm going to film everything with it instead of my nice filming equipment. <laughs> Wait, no, that was, that was not this one. That was the last one. No, this, yeah, this one just like found it at a garage sale or something. Yeah. Why, why would he buy that? Because he's a hipster. Uh, fuck. And then and then it's like, look, you could go in another dimension. And then there's ghosts there. Or it's, something. The, it's like the ghost dimension. <laughs> oh, he said it. <laughs> uh, it's like in Little Monsters when they go to the monster world. It's like that, yeah. but not cool. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, this sounds like, honestly, I think the only thing missing from this to make it just like completely like... Like indecipherable from any other movie or like movie along these lines. Katie Featherston? What? Is Katie Featherston? <laughs> I was going to say the fact that he's not like solving crimes. Oh, yeah. If he was, if he was like trying to solve a murder or the girl was trying to like solve a murder or something, that then it would be identical to every other show in its genre. And this is going to be a two hour pilot? Yeah. I don't can't imagine wanting to watch this for two hours. Yeah, I I don't know. They say that this could go straight to series at any point. I kind of hope it doesn't. Yeah. And I'm wondering why all these people attach their name to it. I, unless they know something we don't know. Because this description just sounds dumb. Yeah, USA, as far as I can remember, has only had one good show. Monday Night Raw. No. Oh. <laughs> Burn Notice. Oh. And Burn Notice isn't there anymore. So USA is completely useless. So Dan Aykroyd continues to just... Beat us over the head with Ghostbusters. Uh, there is apparently uh, an animated Ghostbusters movie in the works. Uh, according to the tracking board, it's being produced by Tom Pollock and Ivan Reitman. Ivan Reitman is, of course, the director of both the original Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2. And complete fucking sellout. 
Uh, it's being produced through their Montecito Picture Company with Ali Bell and Christine Belson overseeing for Sony. Uh, the animated action comedy will follow a similar logline to that of the 1984 original film in which a group of scientists team up to beat off ghosts using, <laughs> using gadgets and gizmos <laughs> to capture the menacing ghouls who have invaded Manhattan. You know, you could have just like made that a, a real movie and saved us all some time. Right. Uh, this or you could have just left it alone. Yeah. Because uh, I'm pretty sure real Ghostbusters was fine. The uh, cartoon? Yeah. Yeah? I was good with that. Yeah? Uh, as well as the original two movies. Didn't need any more. Yep. So the whole Ghostbusters franchise and the fact that they're wanting to turn it into like this universe. It's... Uh, I don't fucking get Sony that they're like oh well Marvel is making this whole Avengers uniform universe we need something like that how about Ghostbusters what <laughs> where is that leap yeah well it's like I mean the only viable property they have that has like franchise potential I don't even know if it has franchise potential well in their minds yeah apparently the the all-male one is still in the works yeah, we'll see. Even if Channing Tatum is not doing it, they're they're probably still going to force that out. Right. Oh, I hate Sony so much. Did you ever read the script for Ghostbusters 3? No. It was good. Really? It was really good. And it, it did a good job of, like, moving the franchise forward. Because uh-huh. it was about, you know, like a new crop of Ghostbusters and the the passing of the torch. And it, it would have worked to, to continue the franchise in a way that made sense mm-hmm. instead of just rebooting the franchise. There's just no respect in Hollywood then, anymore. Then Reitman died. Or not Reitman, but um, Ramos died and that pretty much yeah. killed all momentum that had. You know, Ramos is dead. I'm sure probably Bill Murray's next. Uh Dan Aykroyd will probably outlive Ernie Hudson. And then he's just going to keep going and just make this worse. Milk this dry. Yeah. He's going to retire off of this. Hopefully. (laughs) Well, I mean, regardless of how good or bad the movie is, this is going to make him enough money to where he never has to work again. Um, And just... He's like a snake oil salesman. He just blows into town, makes his money, and then bails. I doubt that he actually gives a shit about the movies. Yeah, probably. He cares about the paycheck. And speaking of people who are retired, Rick Moranis says, no Ghostbusters for me, thanks. I fucking love Rick Moranis for this. And his response was, it was like, why? Why do we need to do that? Yeah. I don't need to do that. That's not necessary. We did this already. His exact quote is, why would I come in for one day of shooting for something I did 30 years ago? Thank you. (laughs) Yes. Exactly. Why would I do that? Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray and Ernie Hudson. Why? And Annie Potts and Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver still has a career. Why is she doing this? I don't know. I know she wanted to be involved when it was actually going to be a legit sequel. 
That would make sense. But because part of the the script that I read was Oscar was one of the new, one of the the upcoming Ghostbusters. Right. I I, I knew that much. So, ah, god damn it. Basically, the, the ending of the movie is they fight this giant, like, Cthulhu-type monster. Uh-huh. And all four of the original Ghostbusters die. Uh-huh. And then the, the younger guys... I, th- I think they have to, like, do, they do something where they basically have to sacrifice themselves Cross to kill the this monster. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> but then the very end is the, the new guys are walking through the Ghostbusters hall, and you can hear the old guys talking. And they go into a room, and they're all there as ghosts playing poker. <laughs> Nice. Right? It would have been so cool. (sighs) Anyways, let's move on before we hurt somebody. Fuck our lives, right? Uh, So, The Orchard has acquired a movie called Southbound, which involves five intertwining tales of terror as they unfold an endless... Is this sentence wrong or am I reading it incorrectly? Five intertwining tales of terror unfold along an endless desert highway. Ah, okay. It makes much more sense when I hear it out loud. (laughs) Um, On a desolate stretch of road, weary travelers, two men on the run from their past, a band on their way to the next gig... A man struggling to get home, a brother in search of his long-lost sister and family on vacation, are forced to confront their worst fears and darkest secrets in these interwoven tales of terror and remorse on the open road. So so are these tales of terror? And if so, are they interwoven? Because I feel like they said that too many times. <laughs> I, <was> just, <laughs> I, didn't get what you, I didn't understand where you're getting at. But I'm like, yeah, they said it like that a thousand times. <laughs> They said it so many times. How many they times? said it and said it. <laughs> um, but, uh, so, an anthology movie, uh, which can be hit or miss. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, there's a story by David Bruckner in here, oh and boy. he did a, a segment for VHS, which was an anthology movie that exists. Mm. Yep. And also a company named Radio Silence, who did a segment for VHS. So this is VHS 3. This is VHS 4. 4, that's right. Oh, boy. Well, I can't wait for that. Uh, when we saw Southbound, we knew we were looking into the eyes of a much different animal, said Paul Davison, uh, Senior Vice President of Film and TV at The Orchard. Um, I tell you, it doesn't. it sounds like the same animal. <laughs> I mean, we don't know what the stories are, though, so... This is like going to a zoo that just has raccoons. <laughs> Not even an exotic animal. Yeah. It's fucking raccoons. Raccoons and uh, fucking moles. Dogs. Dogs. <laughs> That's what I imagine, like, the fucking, like, Bronx or... Central Park Zoo being like, I know it's, I know they're not, but that's what I imagine being in there, like raccoons and, and sewer rats and, and dogs, and stray cats. Um, uh, he said, uh, Southbound is a slick and stylish film that we have audiences engrossed from the moment or will have audiences engrossed from the moment the engines kicked into gear and we can't wait to invite them to take that journey. Oh, 
Here's a fun little tidbit. <laughs> he knows I put that last. Yeah. Uh, produced by Brad Miska. A.K.A. Mr. Disgusting. A.K.A. Mr. Shit. A.K.A. Mr. I'm going to report on this quarter that I just found on the street because it kind of looks like Robert England. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck. I'm going to write a story about a new fucking Nightmare on Elm Street movie because some guy in the bathroom was talking about it. <laughs> and I'm going to use a headline like, New Nightmare on Elm Street in the works. God damn it. Fucking bloody disgusting. The worst. <laughs> uh, it feels good to be so public about that. It's refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> we were held it in for so long, but now we can just be free to say how... I mean, we're not under obligation to anybody, so... No. And it's like when my dad was on, he's like, oh, you guys aren't hoping for any kind of sponsor for them. It's like, no, <laughs> never. We would never sully our show with their bullshit. Like, just, uh, I, let's not get into it. It'll it'll become a whole thing. Well, it's like, you know, they have, what, a few podcasts on their network, right? Yeah. One of them. Double Murder is the only du- good one. Yeah, Double Murder is good. Those, yeah. Because it's not, like, they don't get into news or anything. They just, just review movies. Right. It's, it's Tim and Jeff. Oh God, I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember. Sorry, fellas. <laughs> uh, but they they seem like cool guys. Um, they have a good show. Uh, except one of them seems like he's always drinking, and so he has like drunk breathing, kind of like you. <laughs> Just like oh, when I'm drunk, not always. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like right into the mic. That drives me nuts. Get some windscreens. <laughs> or pop filters. Sit back from your mic. It does, You don't need to be that close. Can you hear me breathing right now? Yeah, I can hear you. Was- <laughs> <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> uh, anyway. Anyways, uh, Southbound is a movie that... I don't know. Brad Miska. See it if you want Shit. to. Or don't. I don't care. Uh, there's a new documentary being made to explore the poltergeist curse. It's being called... The Poltergeist Curse. It's being uh, created, developed by filmmaker Adam Rip. The documentary will focus on the documentary will focus on the life and experiences of Poltergeist actor Oliver Robbins, who played Robbie Freeling in the first and second installments of the franchise. I'm going to punch you in the dick if you keep doing that. <laughs> As a way to explore the tragedies that have befallen those involved with the films. Uh, for those of you who are unaware. Such tragedies include Heather, o- Heather O'Rourke, a.k.a. Carol Ann, dying of acute bowel obstruction shortly before Part 3 wrapped, Dominique Dunn being murdered just months after the original's release, haunted hotel rooms, a strange malfunction while shooting the terrifying clown scene, which was actually strangling child actor Oliver Robbins, and the deaths of Poltergeist 2 stars Will Sampson and Julian Beck. 
Uh, Robin said, it will be a journey into the unknown as I attempt to understand the meaning behind the tragedies surrounding the movie. It's something that will hopefully bring closure to a dark chapter in my life. What? This is dumb. I don't know. I I think it's kind of interesting. I mean, we've always heard about the Poltergeist curse, and it affected the remake in some ways, too. I guess. Like it it sucked. (laughs) (laughs) Uh I don't know. I think the poltergeist curse, I think that whole thing is bullshit. I think people are reading way too much into a handful of coincidences. Uh, And so making a movie or a documentary, whatever the fuck it is, that is basically exploiting the tragedy that came on however, like half a dozen different families. That does not seem right. Uh, yeah, I can see that. So, this movie can just fuck right off. All right. <laughs> on that note, let's move on to some remains. Uh, f- oh, God. Rings has been moved to 2016. I forgot it was a thing. This is the, the new sequel to The Ring. Yeah. Is it, is it a sequel or a remake? Uh, I don't fucking know. I guess it doesn't really matter. It's going to suck either way. It's a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. <laughs> I wish. That would be fucking <laughs> awesome. It's like, psych, it's not a sequel to the Ring. Or the Ring. Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Do that instead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no specific date, but most likely, most, most likely the first quarter, 2016. Uh, it was originally scheduled for November 13th, 2015. So I get a bit of a reprieve. Yeah. From having to deal with this. Having to deal with the fact that this is a thing in our world now. <laughs> uh, speaking of remakes that don't really need to happen, oh, uh, Sony is apparently remaking Flatliners. Because, yeah, that needs to happen. That's uh, being written by Ben Ripley of Source Code and directed by Niels Arden Oplev, the director of the original Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Sony is currently circling Ellen Page to oh. I uh, don't like her at all. Speculation is she would play the character that Julia Roberts played in the original. Of course. Uh, the original, She's of course. Keith the Sutherland. Yeah. Or Ke- Kevin Bacon. There's Alec Baldwin. No, no, Alec. Uh, William. One of the Baldwin's. Steven? David. <laughs> Steven? Michael? One of them. It's all of them. This all is them. Billy Baldwin. You want <laughs> Alec Baldwin dial his extension. Stupid. Stupid. <laughs> The original tells the story of several cocky medical students who decide to take an unscheduled trip into the afterlife. Just before death settles in permanently, their buddies bring them back to life. Unfortunately for the students, their experiments end up having very deadly consequences. My God. So deadly. Well, I mean, like, yeah, deadly consequences. They die. That's, <laughs> that's the theme of the movie. Pretty much, yeah. They die. They just, they just die and die. <laughs> just die and die and die forever. Yeah. Uh... No, she's playing Oliver Platt. That's who it is. There it is. <laughs> Oliver Platt is too busy making Sharknado. Well, <laughs> there's a callback for As him. God. <laughs> oh, my God. That was the best idea we ever had. <laughs> Big <Bingo. laughs> Oh, Jesus. Good okay. times. Good times. Keep hitting my mic cable. Stop doing it. It's like right on my stomach. It's on your belly. Uh, yeah, Flatliners is cool. 
<laughs> the remake probably won't be. <laughs> it's unnecessary. And it's especially not. if it has fucking Ellen Page. I don't... I hate her. It needs to have bacon. Everything needs bacon. <laughs> Let's be honest. Everything's better with Everything bacon. Everything needs to get baconed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't like Ellen Page. <laughs> Great. Read the next story. That's what I'm getting from the story. I really don't like Ellen Page. Uh, next story. Uh, new reality show, because don't we need more of those, starring Ralph Sarchi, who, of course, is uh, Eric Bannis' character from uh, Delivers from Evil. Uh, obviously a real person. It's titled The Demon Files. It's going to be on Destination America, a channel that I don't think a lot of people have. <laughs> uh, it's to be starting uh, November 1st at 7 p.m. Why are all these things happening in November? I don't know. You'd think they'd make a push to have it happen in you know October. You'd think. Uh, Ralph Sarchi's life is divided between two very difficult worlds. In one, he's a decorator. Very different. Did I say difficult? Yes, you did. Uh, whatever. Reading is hard, I know. It is hard. That's what That's she said. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. Okay. In one world, he is a decorated sergeant for the NYPD who has probably protected and served his city for over 18 years. I was fairly certain he was retired. In the other, he's a highly regarded demonologist, helping real American families who fear they may be threatened by his demo- well, by the demonic. Uh, his book, Beware the Night, details how he uses his cop-hardened savvy. <laughs> uh, to come... Bat uh, supernatural evil at every turn and served as the inspiration for the 2014 movie to deliver us from evil. Now, in the Demon Files, Sarchi and his team travel across the country meeting with people apparently suffering from demonic activity. So this sounds gonna, dumb. Yeah, this sounds like ghost adventures. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> I, I haven't seen the real uh, Ralph Sarchi. But I'm just picturing him as Eric Bana. No, he looks nothing like Eric. I, I, I imagine he's kind of yeah. chubby. He's kind of losing his hair. Yeah, I, I kind of figured as much. Uh, but I'm still picturing Eric Bana and Eric Bana's a douchebag. You're going to be disappointed if you're expecting Eric Bana. I'm not going to be disappointed <laughs> because I don't like Eric Bana. I think he's a douchebag. Uh, to wrap things up here, Michael Ontkeen. How do you pronounce that? Ontkeen. Ontkeen will not return to Twin Peaks. Uh, Aunt Keen played Sheriff Harry S. Truman, but he has since retired from acting, and even the lure of Twin Peaks is not enough to bring him back. Uh, seasoned actor Robert Forster is rumored to be playing the new sheriff, but it's unknown if he's going to be a new character or if he's going to be taking over the role of Harry S. Truman. You know, I don't I don't think they should do that. Have him play Truman? Yeah. I agree. He should play a new sheriff. Yeah, because everybody else is playing the original characters. So why would you have one guy playing the same character? I agree. Uh, but this is fine. I mean, it's 20 years later. It's and Truman wasn't that interesting of a character. Aunt Keen was not that good of an actor. <laughs> so who gives a shit? Unless you're like, like some militant tw- uh, Twin Peaks fan. I mean. Who cares? <laughs> so, yeah, that's going to do it for horror business. That is 
going to do it for horror business. That's what I said. <laughs> we do have an interview. Hey, finally. Yeah. It actually happened. <laughs> um, yes, we talked to the head of Fright Rags, which is an online retail shop. A very cool horror t-shirt company. Yeah. Um, and we highly suggest you guys check it out. Uh, but let's talk to Ben Scrivens from Fright Rags. Yeah, I remember Hey everyone, this is Skeletoni. And Taylor of Terror. And we are here with a special guest, uh, the owner and proprietor of FrightRags.com. Um, I'm sorry, is it Fright-Rags.com, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, ben Scrivens. How you doing, Ben? Good. How are you guys doing? Not too shabby. Quite well. Uh, so yeah, thanks for coming on the show. It's uh, nice to talk to you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Um, so... Uh, I guess we'll just jump into things. Um, so Fright Rags is uh, it's a it's an online you know store. I guess you sell mostly T-shirts, right? Yeah, it's, it's primarily T-shirts, but we do dabble in some other other things like uh, we're getting into hats and posters and a few other things. Cool. Um, so uh, Fright Rags in general is uh, horror based. Um, so obviously that came from somewhere how did you get first you know kind of jumped into horror well i got into horror it was actually uh october it was well it was halloween it was october 31st 1981 i was four years old and uh i had, was trick-or-treating and my parents picked me up and they said hey we're gonna go over to our friend's house for a party it was a friends that lived around the corner and owned a deli but they lived in behind the deli and like above it too so we went over there and they had kids that were a little older than I was. So I was kind of bored and I was counting my candy and eating it. And my parents are playing cards. I'm like, I just want to go home. And they're like, go watch TV. <laughs> so I walked over to the living room and sat down to where their, the, the friend's older son was sitting. And, and as I sat down, uh, Halloween came on and, it, and I didn't know this at the time cause I was four, but it was the first time it had ever been aired on TV. Oh. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it was the year that Halloween 2 came out and uh, John Carpenter had to go in and shoot some new scenes for Halloween, the TV cut, because they had to cut out some of the uh, some of the nudity and, and, I guess, gore, even though there's no gore in Halloween. Right. Um, they had to cut out some things. So, anyway, that was the first time it was ever showed on, on network television, and I was mesmerized. I, was, I could not look away. It was awesome. Um, I mean, I was – I don't even know if I was scared as much as I was just completely – it just took me over. And then after that, I just wanted to see more of, of what that was. I, I didn't even, I didn't even know, like, I just wanted to see whatever I could get my hands on. So as I got older, I mean, I would just, or I was a slasher guy, so I would always watch slashers, but I got into other things too. And horror just sort of stuck with me for the rest of my life. I mean, at that point I was just a, a horror nerd through and through. And so when I wanted to start something back in 2003 you know horror was the first thing that come to mind so would you would you say halloween is still your favorite horror movie or have you moved on to something else or yeah halloween by far is my favorite movie of all time horror or, or otherwise it's i think it's because i mean clearly seeing something at four years old you get 
you, you, it just affects you in a way that I don't think it can affect you at 14 or 24 or 34. I just think you're just too young and impressionable at that age. And yeah, so that's definitely by far my favorite movie of all time. What do you think about the sequels? I am, you know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm a big fan. I love part two. Um, I love three, even though when I was a kid, yes. I like everybody else, everybody like hates three. three except me. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. Three's getting a ton of love now, which is great. I didn't like it when I was a kid. Again, the whole Michael Myers thing. But as I got a little older, I rewatched it and I fell in love with it. And it's still one of my favorite movies. Now I saw four in the theater and I really, really liked four. I think it, it just, you know, it, it's a sequel, so it's you know it's not as good as the original, of course, but I think it's well done. Five I liked for nostalgia reasons, but it's not really a good movie. And then it just it just goes downhill after that. Six is, <laughs> Six is okay. doo-doo. <laughs> you know, H2O was interesting, but it's not something I visit a lot because I it, it just never. I mean, I loved Jamie Lee in it, and they did a good job, but I, I it just never really hooked me. And then Resurrection, I mean, I literally have seen that one time. I saw that. I tried watching it again on DVD and I fell asleep. I can't. I can't do it. it it's just, I'll muscle through it again one of these days. It's just not a really good movie. No, it's really <laughs> it's just, not. It's like, what are you yeah. thinking? Making fucking Buster Rhymes your uh, your hero? I mean, it, exactly. <laughs> I mean, there's just so many things wrong with it. And I, I liked the Rob Zombie take on it. I, I I have my issues with it. I really enjoy Rob Zombie as a filmmaker, but I, I just didn't think it had to be so white trashy because I felt well. I would start killing people if I grew up in that house too. So <laughs> I, I think it took away some of what made the original so great because you didn't know why he did it. But I, I, there are elements of his movies, even part two, even though that movie kind of sucks. Yeah. I, I respect it and I watched the commentary and I thought, you know, okay, I don't like this movie, but there's a few scenes in that that I'm like, wow, that's really good. It just, it's around, it's a few scenes in a movie that overall I just didn't, care for the zombie um, actually do commentary for it yeah because i've that's... heard it it wasn't his cut and he he didn't like the finished product exactly if you watch part two i got well I, when i originally got it and then i got the it's also in the box set that i got as well if there's a director's cut version and, and the first time i saw it in the theater and then when i got it on on dvd i watched the director's cut with commentary and it made a ton more sense. It's still a bad movie, but it made a lot more sense. (laughs) And I respected it a lot more after watching it. And I thought, you know, okay, I personally don't like it so much. I like a few scenes in it, but I totally get what he was going for. And you know what? It's, he made it his own. And uh, these people that feel like Hollywood's crapping on their childhood, whatever, we're not, we're not four or 10 years old anymore. We're never going to recapture that. And if, if, Rob Zombie's Halloween can lead a 10 or 12 or 13 year old to go watch John Carpenter's and appreciate it, then you know what? That's good. It keeps those movies in people's minds. So why not? I'm not a huge fan of all remakes. There's a few that I like and a few that I don't, but you know, look at John Carpenter's The Thing. That was a remake. There's great remakes out there that stood the test of time. It's just, I think we're just, we're all now getting to the point where we're old and we're just getting to that you know get off my lawn mentality (laughs) you can't do that you know it's like uh, whatever it's gonna happen we can't stop it you know yeah i mean that's that's a fair point uh i mean you know we're both big uh you know nightmare on elm street fans Mm. um and you know uh, roughly the same time uh you know there's a, a friday 13th remake and then a nightmare on elm street remake friday 13th one was 
okay. It was probably one of the better remakes, I think. Um, yeah. But then the Nightmare one was so bad. But, you know, you make a fair point that it's like if, if somebody can watch that and uh, and it makes them go back and appreciate the originals, then I guess there's there, there's an argument to be made for that. Yeah, and I don't know if that's even quantifiable, but I know if, even if one person goes back and watches it and develops a love for these movies, then <clears throat> it helps keep those things alive. And, yeah, I agree. The Nightmare remake was horrible, and I, a friend of mine was standing in line for it, and he heard two girls behind him like, yeah, I think that was some movie like the 80s or something. And it's oh like, God, there's, no. there's, there's tons of face palm moments there, but there's also <laughs> moments where you can be like, yeah, you're right, and it's a lot better, and you should go check it out. And maybe it'll lead them to go watch it. So it can be a teachable moment too, you know? Yeah, it's it's one of those things, it's, you know, the other side of the coin is that people will watch that and go, oh, well, Nightmare on Elm Street is shit, so I'm not going to watch any of the other ones. And you're like, no, you got to go watch true. Dream Warriors. Yeah, and that's true. <laughs> but then again, I mean... I, I, again, I, I come from the standpoint where I feel like, like I showed a couple of years ago, I showed my nephew. He was at the time, let's see, he was, he was about 14. I had him, he was sleeping over my house and I showed him Evil Dead 2 and Halloween. And, you know, I wasn't expecting him to be scared at Halloween. I understand that that movie is, is dated in a way that, you know, he hasn't seen a lot of horror movies. He's not a huge horror movie kid. And I, I could see it through his eyes where he was like, yeah, it was, it was good. And sort of like, I'm like, but it's the best movie ever made, you know, but I get it that it doesn't strike a chord with him. He did like Evil Dead too, because who can't sit through that movie and just laugh your fool hat off, especially oh, when sure. you're a 14-year-old boy. I mean, that is, that, that movie is made for 14-year-old boys, you know? <laughs> so he enjoyed that. But uh, yeah, I just see the generation gap now and understand that, we're just getting to that age where we really like this stuff that we grew up with, but our kids hopefully will appreciate it. But if they don't, hopefully they like something at least somewhat cool. <laughs> you know? Right. So let's, uh, let's talk about, uh, fright rags. Um, mm-hmm. first of all, I guess what, what was kind of your, your background? What was kind of the precursor to fright rags? Um, well, I was a graphic designer. That's what I went to school for. So I've always I've always been into illustration and film and and, and just sort of uh, creative stuff as a kid and as I got older. And I finally, when I went back to, I, I quit college and then I worked for a couple of years and then I went back to college. I decided on graphic design as a career because I felt it could blend a lot of the creative and 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 the things that I just enjoyed. So as I after I graduated, I found a job here in town um, as an in-house designer for a laptop bag company. I did all the advertising, the marketing, the product photography and everything. So very small. I mean, it was only three of us at the, at the company, but after about a year, I was just, um, I was pretty bored. Um, it, it just, it was a good job and I liked the people there, but I, it, I wasn't really, um, I wasn't really getting, I mean, it was just laptop bags. I mean, how creative can you get with that? Right. Right. So, uh, in my free time, and of course, this was when my then fiance and I were living together in apartments. This was before house and, a, and kids and stuff. I had a lot of free time, so I would spend a lot of my time on, on forums, on and horror forums and stuff. And one of the forums I was on was called Night Owl Productions by uh, an artist named Justin Mabry, who has gone on to form Trick or Treat Studios, who does the latex masks that you see a lot in stores now. Okay. Um, and he and I became friends. I, I mean, he did amazing Myers masks. I mean, these are the ones that you you know spend like four or five hundred bucks on. 
And I see these people making props and hockey masks and stuff. And I'm like, I want to do something like that. And I had had some screen printing experience. And I, as a kid, I always liked wearing like different shirts. Like I remember when I was in high school and I was at like Hills or something, some department store. And I found a a white shirt and it just had Gilligan from Gilligan's Island on it. (laughs) And it was like one of the first sort of like pop culture type of like, I'm going to wear Gilligan on my chest, you know, and I would walk around or I found a shirt that said mom on it and it had, uh, um, oh my God, what's her name? Uh, Florence Henderson from Brady Bunch. <laughs> so, you know, I would, I would wear these shirts when I was a kid. To, I don't know. I was just in the offbeat sort of, I just wanted to wear something different, I guess. Not that I was a, a fashion forward person at all. I was just <laughs> following my own drummer, I guess. So I thought, you know, what if I could make, I've never had a shirt though, with anything horror on it, maybe one or two here and there, but I never found anything that I liked. Mm-hmm. They just weren't out there. And when I started searching around, the only person or company I found was Sean at Rotten Cotton. And, you know, at the time that he had been established for years and I dug his stuff, but there was a part of me that said, I, I just, I want to do something different. Like, I don't want to just put the, uh, the poster art on the shirt in white, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that. But I, that's just not what I was going for. Right. So I was uh, trying to sort of use my design skills, and I came up. It just kind of popped into my head. Uh, what would Jason do? And it was just WW Hockey Mask D with a question mark. And I thought, holy shit, there's no way that has not been done before. Absolutely <laughs> no way. And I scoured the internet, Google, everything. Granted, this was 2003, so and I couldn't find any reference to it at all. So I'm like, holy shit, I got to do this. So my and my friends like that would look great on a shirt. I'm like, that would look good on. I know, right? (laughs) Yeah. So I'm like, you're right. So I I came up with that, and then I did like another hockey mask looking thing, and then I did one with like a Michael Myers, and it's a trick or treat on it. So I posted them on my friend Justin's board just to sort of get, I don't know, just get some feedback. And people were like, holy crap, I'd buy that, I'd buy that, I'd buy that. And I was like, hmm. So. It's weird because I'm not – I don't know. As I, I always had a lot of ambition growing up and I wanted to do a lot of things, but I've never really been a person that followed through on those things. It was always like, oh, that would be cool if – and one weekend, I remember it clearly. It was Labor Day 2003. I spent all weekend building a website, uh, figuring out how to connect it to PayPal. I came up with a name. I came up with a basic logo and I, by Tuesday – I put them up for sale and started taking orders and I spent like 600 bucks on my credit card, which I did not have. Like my (laughs) wife and I were trying to get married. We were spending money on a wedding. She's like, what the hell are you doing spending $600 on your credit card? I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to try selling some shirts. I guess (laughs) I bought like 20 of each shirt and, and it was a weird thing. Like they had them sent to my mom's house because I didn't want them uh, staying at my apartment in case someone stole them or something. And I remember my friend, Tim, one of my, best friends from uh being a kid he's actually our shipping manager now you know we we proudly put on the shirts when we first got them we went to go see freddy versus jason at the mall and we were walking around went to hot topic and someone's like hey that's a cool shirt i'm like thanks i made it it was just it was this weird thing you know and that's kind of how it began really cool uh yeah it's it's nice to see that uh you know so many companies well i mean like fright rags have kind of come out of the woodwork a little bit because you know Back in the day, you know, when, you know, we were in high school and stuff there, it's like you said, there weren't a lot of horror shirts around. Um, I mean, as far as like, you know, retail options, you know, you could go to like Hot Topic and maybe find something that's just 
really bare bones and plain. But I mean, now you've you know you've got things like Fright Rags that have popped up with like these really unique and original designs that you know it it, it does grab appeal. And you know, I'll, I'll you know I'll be wearing certain horror shirts that I bought online, and uh, you know people say, oh, that's a that's a cool shirt, you know, or, um, with you know different horror icons on them. And, well, like going to you know somewhere like Hot Topic or something, it's it's going to be Friday the Thirteenth or Night Run Elm Street. You can't go to to Hot Topic and buy like a street trash T shirt, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, they don't they don't buy those. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that. Um, we sold the Hot Topic. It was um, sort of a long story short. What happened with the what would Jason do design is we got a cease and desist from New Line Studios. Really? And yeah, because what had happened was about two years into it. And they said because they own trademarks on the hockey mask, they own certain they own the they own the tr- the triangles, the shape of the mask, the shape of the eye holes, the shape of the vent holes. How many vent? It's, it's crazy. Wow. So I said, okay. I'm like, I'm going to take all that stuff out, and I'm going to redo it, and this is what I'm going to do. And it's a parody, so you can't come after me. And the lawyers were actually like, yeah, go for it. We just don't call it Friday the Thirteenth, which I never did anyway. Right. So I, I kind of was. I was kind of not calling their bluff, and I was sort of I, – I don't know. I, looking back, I'm like, wow, I didn't realize I'd actually have the balls to do that. But they were cool with it. So the day after, we had already sold a couple, some shirts to Hot Topic. We'd sold our Nosferatu design. And the day after the lawyers okayed it, Hot Topic bought like 3,000 of our What Would Jason Do shirts. Nice. And then like a few months later, they bought like three or four more thousand. It was crazy. And – I was like, holy crap, this is amazing at the time because this is like 2005, 2006. And then speaking of that, uh, to get to your point, they had ordered our Wolfman's Got Nards and, and Obey <laughs> shirt. At the time, those were two of our best sellers. I love that Obey and, shirt. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And I'm like, this is awesome. They're going to buy thousands of these things because these things are great You know, because everyone loves these. But to get to your point – no one who walks into Hot Topic at that point knew what the hell They Live or Monster Squad was. Monster Squad wasn't even out on DVD at the time. So they were like – I found out on Halloween that year, I, I got a call from Hot Topic because we were doing uh, – uh, I was trying to figure out how sales were going. And they're like, yeah, these are pretty much the worst sellers ever. Oh, shit. And I'm like, oh. And like they only tested like like 500 of each. So I was like at that point – and they're like, yeah, we're getting out of the horror shirt thing. And I'm like, you know, and from that point on, I said, screw it. We're going to make it so we don't need to sell to other anybody else. We're going to make people come to us for it, and we're going to build our business one customer at a time because that's where it's at. I don't – you know, I just said screw wholesale, screw all that. We're just going to stay on ourselves. And, and you know, it took a longer – that was a longer road to get where we are today, but it was a better road. So do you still have problems with copyrights and stuff or – uh, it depends. I mean, nowadays, pretty much everything we do is, is licensed. I mean, all the stuff that we're putting out, the big collections, everything, that's all licensed. I mean, we'll do parodies or we'll do, like, different stuff that's sort of, like, on the, like, fringes or something. But in general, if we're going to put out a trick-or-treat shirt or, you know, Garbage Pail Kids or whatever, that's going to be licensed. I mean, or Halloween. We're not – we're at a point now, I mean, we just have – at this point, enough exposure where I don't think it would be wise for us to try to put something out that was unlicensed and gain that much of attention and, and get a cease and desist. I, I, I mean, personally, that's I, I, I want to move away from all that stuff, and we've done a good job over the last several years just moving away from all that because it's not worth it. It's just not worth the, the hassle. 
Right. Right. Well, I mean, most of your work, uh, I mean, I'd say probably at least 90%, maybe more, it's all like original designs, right? Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that I believe, you know, sets us apart, or at least is one of our, uh, one of the things that we can provide to fans is that, you know, when we get a property, we always, you know, we usually get assets from the company. They're like, oh, here are the images you can use. And I'm like, yeah, that's great, but we want to do our own thing. Like, True, there are times that we'll repurpose things, like in our Jaws artwork, we repurpose some work, but I would only do that in a way that I feel like has never been done before. I'm not just going to do the poster art on the same shirt that everybody else has done. I'll do it on the baseball tee and make it gray or something. Like, we'll at least do something interesting with it. Yeah. But for the most part, yes, we want to do original artwork. We, we try to get the best artists we know to create some really interesting designs, so stuff that you've never seen before. Yeah, so, um, excuse me, uh, as far as, like, the designs themselves, you said, you, I mean, you work with several different artists, uh, I mean. Yeah, yeah, I mean, when I, I mean, when I first started, it was just me, but then as we, we got a little bit bigger, and I, 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 A, didn't have the time, and B, I got past my skill set, I was at a point where I wanted to do something, and I was like, I can't draw that or if i did it would take me weeks you know i'm gonna hire somebody that's better than me right and now we work with we've got probably a sort of a revolving uh staff if you will of artists that is probably in the neighborhood of like six to ten different people that we use on a regular basis there's a few guys that we use a lot but then there's a few guys that it's like oh i think you know it's mostly like oh i think he'd be cool doing this or i'd literally like to see his style on this and his take on it and Again, I think that provides a really interesting variety for people. And if we take a property like, say, Halloween, I want to see different artists' take on it. I want to see what, you know, it, like there are times where we'll have the idea and we'll be like, do this. Like, we want to see this. But there are times where I'm like, give me what you think it should look like and then we'll tweak it from there. Mm -hmm. uh, so do you still do designs yourself or are you taking more of a backseat? Um, I, no, I don't really design anything myself anymore. I think the last thing I did myself, which I say it's a design, but I really just kind of moved some things around where the, uh, the two Jaws shirts, the tri-blend blue one that we did that has the shark and then it has a yellow logo and then the baseball tee. But that was, I was just messing around one day because they were giving us these assets and we were very limited with Jaws because we couldn't use any likenesses whatsoever. So... Mm -hmm how do you portray, you know, how do you do several jaw shirts just showing a shark? It gets really boring really quick. So right. that's why we were trying to come up with some different ideas. And I thought, well, you know, the, not for nothing, but the poster art is iconic and, and there are certain iconic things about the logo and everything. So I said, if I could come up with two ideas that, you know, I, I would wear myself, then we'll try them out with everything else that we're doing. So I just sat down. I mean, it didn't take that long. I had the images. I just manipulated them in a way that I liked. So those were like the last two that I did, if you can even call them, quote, unquote, designs. But um, that, I mean, that was probably the first two in probably years that I actually sat down and pushed pixels myself. It's usually me directing the artist or, or that type of thing. So I realize this is like asking who's your favorite child, but do you have a favorite <laughs> shirt? Oh man, that, that is, it, it, that's one that changes all the time. Like I, it's, I always have like a new favorite. Um, it, if I had to pick one over the years, it's really hard because they all, like you said, it's like picking your favorite child. I think it, this is probably, a, I don't want to phone this answer in, but it probably is 
true. The one that we did for the original Halloween probably stands out to me because it was, again, going back to Halloween being my favorite film, we were trying to get that license for years. I mean, back when I couldn't even... I didn't even know what licensing was, and I was trying to get the licensing for that. I wouldn't have ever been able to afford it back then, but I was tr- I was trying so hard. I would contact them every, like, two months and, and just basically uh, annoy them until it was either a yes or a no. And we finally got through, and we were able to do something for the 35th anniversary two years ago, and we did a box set. And the shirt that came with the box set, you know, I still look at that and say, that's... That is the summation of everything that I've been trying to do with this company. And and it was such a moment of, wow, like, I got here. Like, 30 years ago, I saw this film, and it affected me in such a way that 30 years later, I just made a T-shirt that in some ways, in some very, very, very small way, sort of is part of that lore and that history. And, you know, I'm not trying to make it sound dramatic or, or bigger than it is. I'm just mean, and for me, it's like it's officially a Halloween shirt. And I was like, that kind of was just like a, a cool moment for me. So, and especially like the company had only been around 10 years. And it was just like, it's just a cool capstone. So I would say that shirt was probably my favorite. Cool. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, it's like, like you made it. Yeah. I mean, in some weird, weird way that was like that. It was just like, wow, I did it. I did something for my favorite movie of all time, like officially. And it's recognized. I think that's the big key there is it's recognized as like an official T-shirt. I mean, there's a crap ton of official Halloween T-shirts that, you know, but I'm one of them. That's cool. <laughs> you know, yeah. like that was just neat, neat, you know. Um. So I, I, I got to say, I was way more excited about the Garfield's Halloween Adventure shirts than a grown man probably should be. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That was that was the whole point. So thank you. Yeah, this month we, uh, we you know, we're doing uh, thirty-one grave plot essentials. Yeah, uh, and mm. that was definitely on the list. So, <laughs> oh, that's great. You know that that there you get that goes back to again things from my childhood and our childhood collectively, mm-hmm. and I think that is another actually one of my favorites. Just being able to look at a shirt and say, "Holy shit." We used to watch this show all the time, and now we created something cool for it. And I'm glad people like you and everybody else dug it, too. I was a little afraid because we were moving a little off the the path there by introducing a Garfield shirt. But I knew in my heart, I'm like, this is something that's got to be out there. And in, in general... Ah, horse shit! I'm not sure where you left off. We were talking about oh, Garfield. We were just talking about Garfield. <laughs> oh, right, right. Um, <laughs> of course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, as far as, you know, being worried that, you know, maybe it won't sell or, or whatever, it, nostalgia is so big right now that, you know, and, you know, uh, you know, our collective generation coming into their own, it's like we want to make that, that call back to our childhood. So I, th- I think you could probably make a killing on making more shirts like that. <laughs> Yeah, well, we actually got a few ideas for next year. So awesome. we're kind of using Garfield as a sort of a springboard and some other things that we're looking into right now. So I'm hoping we can continue that trend at least a little bit. And, of course, we've got tons of other stuff in the works, too. You should try and make a uh, Snicker Treat shirt. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. Yeah. And all I ask is you send me a free shirt. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Um, so speaking of things to come, I, I saw the, the teaser for Trick or Treat collection. I'm, I'm a huge Trick or Treat fan. I got Sam tattooed on my arm. Oh wow! Can we give you? Nice. Can we get any kind of indication of what's coming? 
Yeah, so uh, we're releasing it October 21st. It was going to be the 14th. We had to push it back. We had some delivery issues for um, for one of the things that we're putting out. Um, but the nice thing is everything will be in stock, so it's not going to be like a normal pre-order. We have to wait like five weeks. It's going to be – we're going to ship it right away. Um, so, yeah, we're, I'm really pumped for this. So our biggest thing that we're putting out is uh, the T-shirt that I teased on Facebook and Instagram and everything. That T-shirt's coming with – a mask, just like we've done with Jaws and um, Terminator and Tarman. So it's going to be like the Ben Cooper style mask in a really cool vintage looking box. Of Sam? And of Sam. Yeah, nice. Sam. Nice. And it's, it's unmasked Sam because we thought that would be more interesting. So it's a Sam mask, the t-shirt, and then we did a trick-or-treat prismatic sticker that'll come with it too. So that's going to be uh, the limited edition set. It's limited to a 1,000 pieces. And then we've got four, let me think, four individual shirts um, and then we're actually doing socks for this one too. We've got black knit socks with the Sam suckers, uh, knitted into Oh my them. God, take all my money. <laughs> so, so that's something that we're, we're kind of getting into as well. We thought that would be fun. Um, and we have more plans for the property. Those are the ones that we could get out this year. Well, we're doing a baseball shirt as well. So yeah, so that we're going to be announcing all of that stuff probably on Tuesday. We'll probably send out a newsletter and post on Facebook and, and send everybody what all the designs look like so you can check them out. But uh, we're really happy with everything. We worked right directly with Mike Doherty and Legendary, and uh, it's it's definitely going to be like one of the favorites this year for sure. That's awesome. I can't wait. Yeah, looking forward to that. So, uh I mean, aside from that, anything uh, anything big coming up for Fright Rags? I mean, any uh, you know major developments that you can reveal? Well, later this year, we're doing uh, we're going to do one more collection that's going to celebrate uh, 30th anniversary of Day of the Dead. So we got a few more planned for that, and then we are planning on doing some Krampus releases for when that movie comes out. So we're working cool. with Legendary on that. Nice. And then for Christmas, we've got some fake. From some more fake Christmas sweaters, we did one um, called Crystal Lake Christmas Massacre the last couple of years, and we're going to be taking that idea and and basically putting it onto a few properties that that we we've released shirts for this year. So that's going to be exciting. Um, next year we've got a ton of stuff planned. I don't. We're just working on the scheduling right now, but we've we've gotten quite a few licenses that I'm really stoked about. Um, a couple of which are definitely going to be, again, sort of on that left field. Like we did the Misfits last year where we've, we're working with two other bands, big bands for next year that I think are right in line with what we do. So that's going to be awesome. Um, and just, just different types of products. We've got more socks in the works. We're going to be doing more hats uh, and a bunch of other stuff. It's going to be fun. And so when does the Grave Plot podcast collaboration come out? <laughs> yeah, we got to work on that. <laughs> We will let you design us shirts. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Ben, uh, I guess we'll – that's pretty much all we have for you. So um, I guess we'll go ahead and let you go. Um, but uh, before we do, why don't you go ahead and uh, you know, drop drop some plugs here and tell people where they can uh, keep up, up to date with Fright Rags and, and you and you know see what you're up to. Yeah, great. Well, um, yeah, just – well, first of all, thanks everyone for ever, you know for not only listening but for everyone's support. Um, I mean, we can't do this without without everybody supporting us. So it's just been, you know, every day, you know, us in the office talk about how grateful we are for everybody's, uh, just everybody's support. And it, it's just it's just a great a great thing for us. We don't take it for granted. And you can check us out at 
fright-rags.com. On Facebook, it's just facebook.com slash frightrags, all one word. And then on Twitter and Instagram, it's just at frightrags, all one word. Cool. All right. Well, thanks again, Ben. It was a lot of fun talking to you. Um, yeah. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, we, I think we both wish you wish you luck in everything coming up in the future and uh, hope you have a lot of success. <laughs> thanks. You guys, too. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, Ben, uh, we'll let you go. So uh, go ahead and take care. All right. You, too. Yeah, was a cool interview. Yeah, definitely check out Fright Rigs. They got some fucking awesome designs. Yeah, and like Ben was saying, you know, they're all, well... Most of them are all just completely original designs, all drawn by their kind of crew of artists. So, yeah, and you're gonna find shit there that you can't find anywhere else. Yeah, you're gonna I mean, the, the type of shirts where you, you're wearing them, and you're not gonna find anybody else wearing them. And well, but if you do, like you know that they're like you, you, you guys are gonna be friends. Yeah, <laughs> right off the bat. Um, but yeah, it's uh, fright rag or sorry, fright rags dot com. Go check them out. Um, okay, so what we have next is reviews of two movies. So let's go ahead and do those. Two zombie movies. Zombies, because this is Week of Zombie. <laughs> yep. So what are we doing first, Tony? <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> Um, let's do the dead to colon India.
The Dead 2 colon India is written and directed by the Ford brothers, who also wrote and directed the first The Dead. Sounds so redundant. Um, Howard and Jonathan. Uh, the Dead 2 is about Nicholas. Nicholas! Nicholas. <laughs> and his girlfriend says it like that, too. Nicholas, you're so strong. <laughs> you should fight crime. Um, yeah, he is an American. But Work, he's not an American. He's an American engineer. What, what do you mean he's not an The American? guy that played him, he's British. Oh. <laughs> oh. Why? Why wasn't he just British? Yeah, him being American doesn't really. Yeah, and, you know, him Joseph being, Milson. Yeah, and him being in India, that would make sense because there's, I mean, historically a very strong English presence in India. So Right. It's like, why is he American? Well, yeah, he is. He's an American engineer. Uh Working on wind farms, right in the deserts of India, because apparently those are there. Yeah, and he he just hangs off these giant fucking windmills. How, how did he get up there? That's what I wonder too. There's got to be a ladder or something on this other side that we didn't see. Maybe, but he was there's like one hook that's like a million feet high, and he just clips in and just hangs there. Yeah, he just like repels down to this. Tiny little control box on like this fifty foot windmill. Yeah, they're panning out. I'm just like, nope, fuck <laughs> that. <laughs> it's so desolate too. It's like, yeah, like he c- can see like two people off in the distance, and that's pretty much the only people, yeah, within eyesight from that vantage point. Right. But yeah, he's got this girlfriend, um, Shawnee. Shawnee. I think so. Or Shani? Ishani. Ishani. Yeah. I, I didn't hear... It didn't sound like he was saying Ishani. It sounded like he was just calling her Shani. I don't know. All of the Indian names were said so quickly that I could not understand them. And a lot of them sounded very similar. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of... A lot of a lot of them started with a sh sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she is off in Mumbai... Mm-hmm. He is wherever he is, apparently far from Mumbai, when this outbreak starts. Right. And no real explanation of how it starts. Uh, she's in a hospital because she is pregnant. Well, actually, uh, I'm pretty sure that this is actually tied to the first movie. That's true. You do, at the very beginning, you see the African princess is the name of the ship, mm-hmm. which obviously brought the virus over from, from Africa. Somalia, is that where they said there was? I think so. Yeah. Because, I mean, that, that's where the first, the first one, one took, took place, place in Africa, yeah. Uh, so. And I think there was even mention of somebody coming, getting off the ship. Yeah, it was... Some and yeah, guys I, think, I think they said Somalia. Getting off a ship, and I assume they were probably, like, you know, ship you know, workers on the ship, because some guy's, like, shelling off cash to them. And, you know... One guy says, you know, what's wrong with him? This guy guy's, you know, looks very sickly and he's holding his arm. He says, well, you know, what's wrong with him? He's like, he said some some uh, lady bit him in Somalia. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And you know where this goes. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the outbreak spreads. Um, like I said, she's in the hospital because she's pregnant. And there's just 
all kinds of people there with different bites and scratches and all kinds of wounds. And it just starts spreading into the streets, and chaos ensues. It's total anarchy! Yes, basically. So he tells her, you know, hunker down, stay there, I'm coming for you. Just sit tight. Yeah, with your racist dad, (laughs) um, who does not approve of their union. Right. Shall we say? Because they're not married and she's pregnant. Yep. And he's white. (laughs) You know, this movie is like the reason why people hate not only just white males, but like American white males. Because this movie, he like, in this and the first one, white guy in a foreign country becomes like the hero. (laughs) <laughs> it just starts wiping out threats like left and right. It's like yeah. you got a fucking country of capable people. You've got a <laughs> military presence, and they just get their asses handed to them. Trained soldiers are getting demolished by these zombies, and this single guy is just making from one end of the country to the other by himself. Well, no. Well, he's, with, oh yeah, he's got short round with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has a small child. Named Javed. Right. Which, much like Temple of Doom, nobody seems to have any... Well, there's a lot of things going on, so... <laughs> um, it's just but, white guy traveling with a Indian orphan. No big deal. Right. NBD. Um, yeah, it's basically a road movie. <laughs> it's, it's a bloody comedy. <laughs> it's pretty much the same formula as the first one. It's exactly the same. Just instead of an African soldier, it's a small Indian child. Right. Sure around. <laughs> Not an African child. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I don't, not, there's not... like. Plot-wise, there's not a lot that goes on. Yeah, there are scenes that happen. Yeah. And, I mean, I could walk you through the movie, but that's not really going to do anybody any good. No. Uh, there's a lot of fucking ridiculous things that go on in this. Like, unbelievable ridiculous <laughs> things. Like, the fact that this guy has a pistol, just, you know, some 9 mil, that seem, seems to have, like, an endless amount of rounds in it. Uh, at one point, you do see him reload it. At one point, yeah. But he makes it through the entire movie on what is essentially two clips of ammunition. Yeah. Assuming the first one was full. He does get an automatic weapon at one point, though. For like five seconds. Yeah. That Uh, that he takes from a dead soldier. Right. Because this guy, who is an engineer, is far more capable than a train (laughs) God. And, you know, throughout the movie, you see so many people just like these these zombies. uh, You know, by the way, good zombies. Yeah, the the right kind of zombies, just shambling, mindless creatures. That uh, pretty sure we we said that during the first one too, probably. Um, and you know the way zombies are supposed to be. You know they don't run, they don't uh, talk, they they have no significant intelligence. Um, they don't use tools, right? They do climb stairs at one point. They like crawl upstairs. That's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that part is craw- they're crawling upstairs up to this rooftop when he uh, puts on a f- paraffin 
And he becomes, yeah, that, that was pretty ridiculous. And he becomes Fan Man, and then he <laughs> drops into the Super Bowl halftime show. <laughs> Um, That's exactly what happens. <laughs> the movie's over. Everybody's fine. <laughs> Everyone in the stadium is zombies. And <laughs> um, they all eat Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> yeah, right. Steelers are going to Super Bowl. <laughs> um, and yeah. These vicious zombies, they'll like cut anybody else in the movie, go right for it. They won't like grab at him. They just go, ah, like. <laughs> Instantaneous grab bite with him. It's a lot of yeah. Hey, come here, come a of, here. A lot of a lot of pawing. Yeah, it's like I was trying to give it sound effects on the mic, but you weren't helping me. There. <laughs> um. Yeah, like I said, just pawing at him, not actually actively like trying short to arming. Him. Huh? A lot of short arming where it's like I could grab you, but all oh, my arms are short. Yeah, it's T Rex. Yeah, they just T Rex it. Um. Yeah, it's it's total bullshit because, like I said, anybody else. At one point, he runs through just like five zombies, just this gang of five zombies, and he just runs right through them. And it's the same thing; they all just kind of T Rex him and you know paw at him as he goes by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and twice, twice in the movie, he is surrounded by at least half a dozen zombies, and somehow makes his way clear of them. Like he just kind of shoves them off and. Just yeah, like, no, <laughs> and breaks loose, and the way he shoots a gun, it just looks wrong. Does a lot of like overhand shooting, <laughs> like he's like he's like a gangbanger. Just... It's kind of what it looked like. He's like shooting sideways and completely, blah, sh- blah, blah. completely straight armed. Like anybody that's ever shot a gun knows that you're gonna fuck yourself up if you that's shoot. You, a gun yeah, sh- that's how you hurt your elbow. Yeah, uh, completely straight armed, and there's absolutely no kick to this gun whatsoever. Um, so, utter bullshit. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's silly. Yeah, there are there are some silly things. Um, <laughs> fucking fan man. <laughs> Seriously, fucking fan man. And then it takes him forever to get the thing started. So he's like, got to be completely surrounded before he finally takes off. Yeah. Uh, there's when he finally gets it gets it going. Well, he jumps off a roof. I don't, apparently that was necessary. <laughs> but he, he jumps off the roof and then it doesn't work. Right. And he just lands in this horde, in the middle of a horde of zombies. Oh, right. Three times he gets away from a horde of zombies. Yeah. But then he's carrying able- like 50 pounds of fan on his back. Well, like then the, the wind just catches the parachute and just starts dragging him backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then he gets up and just like takes off. So he didn't actually need to get on the roof at any point because he apparently could have taken off from the ground. Right. Um, at one point, when he finally gets, when he finally takes off, and he's just coasting, I don't know how those things work. Like, I don't understand the physics behind them. I don't either, because the fan's blowing backwards, right? Which is seemingly thrusting you forward. And then I guess the parachute is what is carrying you up, but it doesn't seem like you would have. It seems like you would like not fly, but just glide and eventually hit the ground again. Yeah. and have to start all over. Yeah, and you know, um, when, but again, I don't know how they work. Yeah, but when you parachute, you're you're coming down at all points. Right. Um, so I don't, I don't know, whatever, but that's beside the point. When he finally gets it started, there's this one part where he's, you know, shows him flying across screen, the sun setting. So you've got like his silhouette. I think I know exactly what you're going to say. Okay. It's the sun setting and it's, it's like his shadow cast against the sunlight or the, you know, the setting sun. 
and he flies past this tree. And like because it's just shadows, you, there's no depth perception. So it totally looked like he's about to fly into this tree. <laughs> I kept waiting for him to just go, oh, shit. <laughs> Not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about there, that same kind of scene right before that. There, he flies by just this lone zombie. Uh-huh. And he's only like, you know, maybe five feet in the air. Right. <laughs> and he flies past this lone zombie. And I'm just like, punt it. Punt <laughs> its head off. No, he just flies right by. Pussy. <laughs> Missed yeah, opportunities. I was disappointed by that. <laughs> uh, this movie's just ridiculous. Let's talk about the makeup a little bit. There wasn't much to it. The zombies are fairly simple. They have the whited out eyes. The, some of the appliances were not very good. When they showed them close up, you could see like the edges coming up and yeah. stuff. But some of the like the kill when he's beating the guys with the hammer, mm-hmm. that was pretty good. Uh, I don't know if that was supposed to be like a metal hammer. To me, it looked like it was it a rubber, rubber mallet. Yeah. Uh, oh, you swing it hard enough. I guess. Um. But yeah, as far as the makeup goes, there wasn't a lot to it. The contacts were cool. They were simple. You know, just that Marilyn Manson look. Um, but, you know, effective for zombies. Yeah. Uh, you're right. Yeah, like the appliances are coming up. The good thing with zombies, though, is like you just cover up, cover that up with some blood. Blood, yeah. And it, it looks like it was on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Um, like... It was mostly the facial appliances is where I noticed it the most. Like the when the the scene where the guy's intestines were all hanging out, uh-huh. that was pretty good. Yeah. Did it look like it was blurred to you? No. Oh, okay. I guess maybe it was just me. I looked at it. And it, was, it looked like it had been blurred out, like for contents or something. <laughs> <laughs> like the MPAA was like, no, that's too much. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's already filmed. What if we just blur it out? All right, that'll that'll do. Just blurred out exactly on the shape of the intestines. Could you imagine if they did that? Like you went to a movie and like there was like bleeped out swear words. I'd be like, what the? <laughs> what the shit is this? What the bleep? <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> I don't even know how you did that. <laughs> uh, what about, without without spoiling anything, what did you think of the very end? I kind of saw it coming. Really? Yeah. Uh, I, I can't elaborate more on that. Really. I will say it leaves it open. Sort of. I mean, sort of. I mean, it, you don't know where it's going to go. Yeah, if it goes anywhere. True. I, I thought. Let's see. How can I say this without giving the the last little bit should not have been there. Like the the very end? The very end, yeah. The part where they were in the temple, That's that should have been the end. So just a happy ending? No. Well. We can talk about it off mic. Okay. Because <laughs> um, you're clearly not getting what I'm saying. I guess not. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, like the very end, it... It's almost like he was having premonitions of it or something, like throughout the entire movie, which seemed out of place. Yeah. Um, oh, what did you think about the scene with the woman and the little girl? That was that was fucked up, right? It was fucked up. 
Uh, but I mean, you know, hard choices to make. Yeah. These are, these I mean, are the things that you'll encounter in life. Yeah, this is why the people who are like, oh, I wish a zombie apocalypse was real. It'd be so cool. This is why you're fucking wrong. Yeah. Because sometimes innocent people. Sometimes people got to die so that trees may grow. Yeah. I guess that's one way to put it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like like we were saying earlier, it's, it's very formulaic mm-hmm. in... in you know, the dead series. Um, both movies feature an American guy with a sidekick from whatever country they're in. Fucking short round. <laughs> He's not short round. Um, time for that, Indy. What, what did you think of that kid, of the actor? Did you think he was good? He's about what I expect from a child actor, At I guess. the beginning, he was awful. And then he seemed to get better as the movie went along. Like they're coaching him as they were filming? Yeah. Like, I mean, this is the first five minutes, so if it, it's a spoiler, I'm sorry. But uh, when, when the village gets attacked and there's the little girl, mm-hmm. the, the look on Javed's face, and he's just like... <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not an appropriate response. <laughs> Like, obviously, people can't see me. So, basically, his eyes just get really big. Like, he's like, oh, well, that sucks. Like, it was some, like, Japanese comedy show. Like, oh! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I don't know. He seemed to get better as the movie went along. I I guess, yeah. Um, I guess just with more dialogue, he actually, like, maybe he's a better dialogue actor than he is facial expressions. Maybe. Maybe you should do some voice work. And then what, what did you think of, of Nicholas? <laughs> He's all right. Bit of a ham. But, you know, what can you expect from a low-budget movie? Yeah, like, was this, like, this didn't seem like it was all that low-budget. I'm not sure what, the, what the budget was. Um, like you said, just the, the character was so... Not that the character was unbelievable, but just the, the situation was so unbelievable. And just the fact that he's this, you know, he's not a soldier. He's not... As far as we know, he doesn't even have any experience with guns. Right. And yet he's able to just blast his way through all these hordes of zombies. With a single handgun. Yeah. That's what just kept blowing me away. Like, I I wish that I had acknowledged it earlier in the movie so I could actually count how many shots he fired. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure that, like, an average clip only holds, like, I think like 20 bullets, maybe 25. I'm not entirely sure. Um, and this guy's just shooting so many zombies, he's shooting all the zombies. And he's not a great, well, seems like he is occasionally a good shot. <laughs> yeah. Um, the guy at the gas station, mm-hmm. his name, I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure it started with Shaw something. <laughs> I'm not even, that's not like a racist thing. I like. I honestly think that's the character's name started. It's not with racist, but I honestly think his name started with with Shaw something. Shai Shayed or Shaim? Shawshank? Shinshan? Yeah. When 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 he shot him, spoiler alert. 
he like he shoots him in the. It wasn't a zombie. He just shot him. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Give me your money. Um, shoots him in the shoulder, and then it looked like he shot him in the head, but he didn't go down. But I think maybe he might have shot him in like the neck or the face. Maybe I I, I don't recall. <laughs> Even though it was it was like it was just a gas station and not a convenience store. When Nicholas first goes in there, and he's looking around for the guy, and I just all I could think of was, "Hello, my friend. No beer today." <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Shaun of the Dead. Uh, yeah. I, uh, yeah. This whole movie just ridiculous. I thought it was good, though. Not great. <laughs> Okay. But as far as a zombie movie goes, I thought it was good. It's better than most of the crap that's out there. It was better than the first one. I'll give you that. First mm. one was rubbish. Uh, I didn't think the first one was rubbish. I thought the first one was okay. Yeah, what do you know? <laughs> um, I don't know. They were comparable, I thought. I mean, like, I think part of the reason that I think... I don't know if I would say the first one's better, but I, I think that part of the reason that I'm having a trouble saying this one is better is because it is the same formula, basically. Yeah. Um, I will say there was a jump scare that actually made me jump. There were jump scares? There was one. I don't remember. Um, when when they, they're on the bike. Remember that? Yeah. And then they stop the bike and they're looking at the van. Yeah, well, that's when it was. Uh, but now it's not going to scare anyone else because everyone else is going to expect it now. Maybe. I, mean, <laughs> I don't even remember fucking happening. So, uh, How about when they're riding on the bike, though? Like, So they find a motorcycle in, I don't know what this place was, but there just happened to be a motorcycle. The place, place completely ransacked, but there's this really nice motorcycle still there. <laughs> And, you know, they go searching around for, I think, for food or some kind of supplies. Um, and the keys are in a coffee can. God, what the, how, what, what are the odds? Um, so they take off on this bike and they pull over because they found, like, a fruit tree. And, you know, of course, they're out in the middle of the desert with no fucking food. So um, they find this fruit tree and they're... It's Javed's favorite fruit. He said it was the one thing he would always pick. Right. Uh so they're just, you know, having a good time, just noshing on some fruit. And then this guy comes out of nowhere and steals <laughs> their bike. And then the guy's like, uh, Nicholas is like, hey. And he goes, sorry. And then just takes off. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, where the fuck did he come from? <laughs> uh, That's the best reaction, too, when you're stealing something. Just, sorry. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I had <gone>. to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck. And then, you know, eventually they find the bike again. <laughs> you know, use your imagination. Um, and they're, yeah, like you said, they're they're going, like, in the dark, uh, just flying down this, it's, it's not even that a road. That scene was cool. Did you like that scene? I liked that. I thought that scene was cool. It was, it, conceptually, it was cool. But, you know, they're going, flying down this, it's, it's, it's like a foot trail. It's not even, I wouldn't even call it so much as a path. Or a road or, or anything. It was a foot trail. Yeah. <laughs> um, through the through this grassland and, and, you know, in wooded area. And just tons of zombies, like, all over the place. 
I'm going to come back to something in a second. Um, but the one thing that bugged me is that they were all on the side of this path. <laughs> yeah. It was almost like it was a lava river they were avoiding or something. <laughs> it's like, don't step in the lava. <laughs> yeah. But none of them were actually standing in the middle of the path. That's true. They're all flanking him. Um, yeah, Nicholas gets away with a lot of conveniently placed zombies in this movie. Right? Um, and I was going to come back to something, but now I can't remember what it was. Cool. Shit. Oh, well. Must have not been very important. Apparently not. Fuck me, right? Yeah. Uh, All right, then. Well, are you ready for numbers? Are you? Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know. Ugh. This was by no means the worst movie I've seen. <laughs> Far and away from the best movie, obviously. Um. So, I don't know. It makes it tough to rate this. It's super ridiculous, but I guess it wasn't terrible. Um, I guess I'll say five, just right in the middle. All right. Yeah. Um, I, I think I still have the soft spot for slow zombies. Just because every zombie movie that comes out has running zombies now. Yeah. So every time I see one that has the, the classic slow-moving zombies, I'm like, oh, yay. <laughs> um, but I thought this one was good. It, if not for the fact that it was so similar to the first one, uh, I probably would rate it higher. But I still think that it's, it's a good zombie movie. It's got good zombie gore, good zombie kills. Uh, some some really cool moments, although also some very ridiculous moments. Lots of ridiculous moments. Uh, so I'm going to give it a six. All right. So next up. Wait, before we get to that, I just want to go back and say that the first The Dead, I gave a six and you gave a five. Hey. <laughs> At least we're consistent. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So... The next movie we've got is the 1985 zombie classic, Return of the Living Dead. They only come out at night. They're mean, rude, and dead. Not them. Them. There's a hundred of those things out there. How many did you say? A hundred? The dead are refusing to remain buried. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're going to call the boss. They've come back to life. They're hungry, and they're not vegetarians. The graveyard out there is full of people coming out of the ground. We have a little problem. What the hell is going on there? Rabbit weasels. What? More brains. Do you want brains? It's party time. We got party. It's party time. Do you want brains? They're back. The grave and ready to party. party The return of the living dead. Alright, so Return of the Living Dead from the year of my birth. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um 
before we get into the nitty gritty, let's give a little backstory on this for people who don't know. Right. Okay. Uh, John Russo was George Romero's writing partner on Night of the Living Dead. Right. After that movie premiered, they went their separate ways for whatever reason. Uh, apparently, Russo got the rights to the term Living Dead. Right. And hence why Romero's movies were from then on just known as Of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, they decided to go two very different ways with the genre. Yeah. Very much so. Um, but so uh, so that's, where, that's where John Russo's coming from. Just to give you a little bit of mm-hmm. a bit of an idea. Yeah, this was directed by Dan O'Bannon. Um, Dan O'Bannon? Dan O'Bannon, yep. Who is actually more prolific as a uh, writer than a director. Uh, I think he may have actually directed this, or uh, written this too, if I'm not mistaken. I thought Russo wrote this. I then maybe co-wrote it. I'm, oh. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, no, O'Bannon, he you know wrote for uh, the movie Heavy Metal, um, Blue Thunder, Aliens, or I guess he helped develop the characters for Aliens. Uh, he wrote the screenplay for Total Recall. Um, so yeah. he's he's been around. Yeah, the writers on this were Dan O'Bannon, uh, John Russo, Rudy Ritchie, and Russell Striner. It seems odd that it takes that many people to write a movie. I know, right? Um. Anyway, so this movie stars uh, Clue Guller, Gulliger. Um, Feast. Hmm? From Feast. Right. Uh, Don Calfa from Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> uh, Tom Matthews from Friday the 13th, Part 6. Uh, he played Tommy Jarvis, of course. Um, oh, and how can we forget Linnea Quigley? Of course. Um Naked. Yeah, very naked. Uh, so the movie uh, starts out at, uh, was it you, you Need It? You Need It Medical Supply? Oh, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, where Tom uh, Tom Matthews uh, as Freddy um, has just started a job. Working with uh, Frank, who's played by James Karen, who is a is a pretty well known actor. Um, uh, yeah, so they, they, he's like basically showing Freddie the ropes, and uh, Freddie asks him, you know, what's the creepiest thing he's ever seen come in? And they venture down to the basement or the cellar or whatever you want to call it, and there's uh, there's this drum with you you know U.S. military written all over it, and Inside is the body of a dead man, uh, just swimming in its own goo. Yep. Uh, even though not that kind of goo. No, not just not spoojum. Not man goo. It's not like the guy spent his final days in this <laughs> just in drum, a tub. Just, He's drowned in his own semen. Just pounding <laughs> off. Like I can't do anything else. Might as well spend the rest of my life. Swacking my dick. <laughs> uh, so he... Uh, oh, such terrible visuals. <laughs> uh, Freddie says, you know, what if it comes open? <laughs> Gee willikers, mister. <laughs> uh, he says, it's not coming open. Or Frank says, this isn't coming open. It's 
designed by the Army or U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, and he just slams his bang, fist bang. on it and it pops open like a fucking smoke bomb, just coating him in aerated mango. <laughs> they have to call him the jizz mopper. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they wake, they wake up on the floor uh, and they notice that all the dead things in the uh, in in this medical supply has they have come to life. Uh, that includes the cadaver they have hanging in the fridge, um, and the the half dogs. Yeah, <laughs> that's sad. Yeah, it really is. Like oh, be <laughs> hello, doggy. Um, and they don't know what to do, and. And then a, a naked Homer Simpson starts running after right. him. Right. Why was he yellow? Uh, jaundice? Uh, dead guys don't get jaundice. Maybe he died of jaundice. <laughs> maybe. I mean, maybe his body's like covered in iodine. I don't know. Uh, but then Bert, the owner of, of the place, shows up and they're trying to figure out how to rid themselves of this guy. Uh, he, he's screaming. Screaming his head off. Yeah. Uh, this is wild, naked, screaming yellow man. Um, just knocking shit off shelves and stuff. Um, but they finally get him like put back into the freezer or something. First they take a fucking pickaxe and put it in his head. Right. And it does nothing. Yeah. And well, they, they, they actually reference Night of the Living dead. dead. And they said you have to destroy the brain. So they try. Yeah, they take a fucking pickaxe and just right through the back of the guy's head. Just make him scream more. Yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, this movie is older than 10 years, so we will be spoiling this one, oh, just yeah. so you know. Yeah. Uh, so he... I think most people have seen this, though. Probably. Yeah, he chops off the fucker's head. Still doesn't work. So they decide to dismember him and bring him over to the mortuary so his buddy that works there uh, can burn it up. Uh, that turns out to be a bad idea. Dire. Because apparently the fumes of the burned flesh go up into the rain clouds and create this acid death rain. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. And then the dead come back. It's also, to a life. good band name. Acid death rain. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> um, meanwhile, all of Freddy's friends, fucking degenerates. <laughs> this this movie is very punk influenced. Like this movie's very 80s. Oh, yeah, super 80s. Um, but, I mean, like, you got this group of kids, like, super hardcore punks, goths, um, uh, and, uh, like, new wave kids, uh, all represented in this group of friends. They're all waiting for Freddy to get off because he's working for the man now and waiting for him to get off of his job. Working for the weekend? <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, Trash gets naked. Trash does get naked. Her ass again. is getting naked again. Uh, Which is, is she wearing like a, she's wearing like a reverse Merkin. I don't know what a Merkin is. Uh, it's like a fake bush. Oh, okay. But it's like the opposite of a. So yeah, she looks like a Ken doll, basically. Right. Um, With tits. And apparently this, that was like, um. Something that the studio producers forced them to do. 
Like, they were okay with the naked dance and the tits and her Linnea Quigley running around naked for almost the almost entire, entire movie. movie. <laughs> um, but they didn't want any full frontal. <laughs> so we don't want to see any vag. Yeah. Uh, and actually, I have to credit uh, the Forever Midnight podcast because they were talking about this um, on, on an episode. So I actually learned a lot of fun facts that I didn't previously know. Uh, apparently, there were two makeup guys on this movie, or you know, effects guys. And the first guy got fired because he was so bad at it. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he actually designed that fake Merkin, <laughs> which you know, it's it's really hard to tell. Yeah, I mean, if it didn't, you know, if it wasn't so smooth where her <laughs> vagina should be, then yeah, you wouldn't really be able to tell. Yeah, I mean, the only thing, like, you know, being a, a kid, you know, probably 12, 13 years old when I first saw this, you know, of course, I'm trying to see, <laughs> you know, squinting my eyes, trying to trying to make out something. And, you know, it's the 80s. People didn't really shave back then. True. But you're trying to figure out if she did or not. Here's a fun fact. Tony and I used to be in a band together. It's true. We did a Halloween show at a Christian club. Ah, yes. And this movie was playing. <laughs> yeah, I remember standing. Shortly after we got there, it was in, it was at the cemetery scene, and we're like, they're not going to show it, are they? So they know what's... Nope, they don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Remember, there it is. I'm just standing there underneath one of the TVs, just watching it. All right. Well, it's coming up. And there it is. Okay. <laughs> you know, like, like not preteens, but, you know, like 14-year-old kids there. In this Christian club. Yeah. So. Yeah, somebody didn't pre-screen that one. Yeah. You know, I'm totally shocked that we didn't like this is kind of off topic but for that show i designed a flyer for it uh it featured reagan from the exorcist and uh and it said the power of christ compels you on it yeah like so yeah it said like power of christ compels you to come to club impact for the halloween show or something to that effect and um i'm so surprised i didn't catch shit for that (laughs) because actually i was dating a girl who knew the owner of the club and she passed it along to him and he you know respectfully declined but we still distributed it on our own uh, i think we like took it to like guitar center and stuff and, mm-hmm. you know basically put it up everywhere we could find it and uh yeah so i mean i know this guy had to have seen it somewhere and didn't say a word about it. Maybe that's why our set didn't go well. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, our our power got shut off like halfway into we our... We also started like 10 minutes late because we couldn't find the sound guy. Yeah. He was out talking to his pastor. <laughs> God damn it. That was the end of our band. <laughs> that was the last show. Yep. That wasn't why, but that, that was yeah. the last show. <laughs> anyway, um... So back to this movie. Uh, Yeah, so the zombies in this are impossible to kill. The only thing you can do is to burn them. Yeah, this is a a pretty far cry from the Night of the Living Dead zombies. Yeah, it makes me wonder where the hell uh, Russo got this. It's like Russo wanted to just be, wanted to completely separate himself as far as possible from Romero zombies. Kind of seems that way. Because they can run, they can talk. Yeah. Um, 
they can't be killed by conventional means. Mm-hmm. And that was not represented in Night of the Living Dead. I mean, no. The, the, the zombies, as far as we could tell from Night of the Living Dead, were represented by uh, Romero's further work. Yeah. So where uh, Russo got this from, I don't know. But maybe he just, maybe he believed that zombies should not be able to be killed because they're already dead. Maybe that was his frame of mind. I don't know. Maybe. Um, this movie is pretty much responsible for the whole brains yeah. battle cry that fucking thing. that came from the tar man zombie, which was the that's the mangoo zombie. <laughs> um, yeah, the whole. Brains- I don't think Ben Ben will be putting that on a t shirt anytime soon. <laughs> um, oh man, he should make a shirt of tar man in like the the face in the uh, drum. Oh yeah. Ooh. There was a did you see the Tarman shirt on there? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean it was basically what I expect from a Tarman shirt. He should make the Tarman in like the Dawn of the Dead look. Mm. Yeah. Uh we should just start sending him ideas. <laughs> just flooding him with t shirt ideas. Just email us back and be like, Okay, just leave me alone. I get it, thanks. <laughs> um but Ben, if you use any ideas, just just send us a free shirt. That's all we want. <laughs> and put greatplotpodcast.com on there somewhere. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, brains? <laughs> nope. But yeah, the whole okay, going off of that, the brains thing, um, it's explained why they want brains. It is? Yeah. Because at one point they um, they capture a zombie, I guess, and strap her down. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And say, "Why do you want brains?" Because because apparently death hurts. Like death really hurts, like a son of a bitch. Yeah, I guess brains are are like zombie aspirin or something. A very eloquent zombie. Yeah, very well spoken. Yeah, despite the fact that it looked like if I mean I'm not a mortician. But I'd have to guess that she's about 15, 20 years dead. Yeah. And she's missing everything from her tits down. Right. Well, they actually split her in half. Oh, that's right. But, I mean, her spine is just dangling. Yeah. It's like, that was so creepy. Yeah, that was a cool cool visual. Like, like the stump of her spine is just, like, slamming. Because they they put her on, like, um, uh, uh, like an operating table. Yeah, I mean, it's like one of those steel tables you'd see in a in a morgue. Um, a dissection table, maybe. Yeah, I guess so. Um, or embalming table. I don't know. Whatever. People um, know what you mean. You know, you know those things. Um, but yeah, like the stump of her spine is just like slamming against the table. It's just like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, reminded me kind of like a. Like a dog that that's sick, yeah. Like they just kind of like thump their tail, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. My favorite zombie in the whole thing, though, is the one that only has one arm, no legs. Oh yeah, yeah. But it's running on its stumps, and then one arm is swinging. Oh my god, that makes me laugh so hard every time. Yeah. Um, shit. What's the character's name? The guy from Weekend at Bernie's. Oh yeah, Miguel Nunez is in this. By yeah. the way, 
with I, a fucking Jerry Curl. I kept thinking it was Meshach Taylor. I had to correct myself. <laughs> um, Ernie, the mortician, he's going out to this ambulance um, and sees, yeah, this leg, legless, armless zombie. One arm. I think it's better because he has one arm. One arm, yeah. <laughs> and it's like it's not even like a full arm. It's kind of like deformed. Very clearly, maybe like guy with birth defects or amputation or something. something yeah um but i love the <laughs> he he closes the ambulance door and sees this guy sees a zombie eating the ambulance driver um and he like looks up at him and he's like <laughs> and he shoots him and he like lands back on the floor and then so quickly he like hops back up and start coming come starts coming after him and he's like screaming and he like runs back into the mortuary and the guy's just like like <laughs> running, hobbling running after on him. his stumps. Oh my god. Like I don't want to laugh at somebody that's you know had the misfortune of ampu- like amputations or you know birth defects. <laughs> that was clearly the intention though. Well, sure, but yeah, the the way he was running like I said he's got his one arm like swinging. Yeah. His big arm swings. And uh like the way he got up from the ground was fucking hilarious. Oh my god. Like that part alone made me laugh so hard. And it does every time I watch yeah, this. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um Is that the same one that says that does send send more paramedics? No, no, that's a that's a different one. Um I don't even know how he'd get into the ambulance. Yeah. Uh yeah, so just these these waves. Even, even though I hate talking zombies, that's a great line. Yeah, send more paramedics and send more cops. There, yeah, like the, the ambulance comes. There's no response, and one of the zombies crawls inside and you know dispatches like saying, "Ah, you know, are you are you okay out there?" And he gets on. He says, "Send more paramedics." So another ambulance comes. They get attacked, and then when. Dispatch doesn't hear back from them. They send cops. Cops come. They get attacked. <laughs> and, you know, dispatch says, uh, yeah, are you in a 25? Are you okay? He says, one of them leans in and says, send more cops. And so this just barrage of cops come, and they all get just... You get clapped up. Yeah, you know, just get all ate up. Um, meanwhile, Freddie and Frank are... Slowly turning into zombies. When the when the paramedics show up, they like just do like routine checks on them. You know, pulse, body, you know, temperature, um, blood pressure. Nada. Their bodies are room temperature. They have no heartbeat and no blood pressure. So yeah, that's that's one thing that's kind of weird. Well, one of many things that's different than most zombie movies in this is that there's no like uh no gestation period no incubation like they they die without actually dying right just their body dies but they just keep going right and you know it seems odd that they are so <clears throat> cognizant and um well at at a point they're not very uh mobile yeah they do talk about like feeling rigor mortis, basically. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, just propping Freddy up and then laying him back down seems like he's like just screaming his head off. Um. But uh, 
Yeah, I mean, they are the only, like, fresh zombies in the movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, except for Linnea Quigley, but there's there's another example. For some reason, she becomes like this weird, like queen of the zombies type thing. Yeah, don't know why. And there's a bit of a callback when she does get all ate up, um, before she strips down and just starts doing her little booty dance. Um, she talks about uh, the way that she imagines dying as a bunch of old men. Uh, ripping off her clothes and eating her alive, um, which essentially happens. Yeah. Um, Self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm. Maybe she was precognitive. Maybe. We'll never know. But yeah, something weird happens to her. She just gets like powder white, or like, like just stark white. Milk white. Yeah. Uh, and she's got this fucking red flat top. Which doesn't look good on anyone. <laughs> um, it's and, more like neon pink. Whatever. It's it's a shade of red. Oh, color fight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but she's got she like got like some kind of fucking monster face. Yeah, it was like Night of the Demons or something. Yeah, don't know. It was, she was also in. Yeah. And it all comes around. You think, I, you think I didn't do that on purpose? I don't know. Come on. I don't know what to expect from you anymore. <laughs> um, and then she took a lipstick and shoved it in her nipple. In her boobie. Boop. That wasn't in this. That was Night, mm-hmm. of, the Night of the Demons. Go back and listen to our Night of the Demons review in episode fucking two. Christ. <laughs> We've come a long way, baby. Yeah. Two years It was ago. just under two years ago. Yeah. Actually... You know, I look back on the calendar. I don't know why. I, I don't know why this is our second year anniversary. It should have been last week. Oh, really? Yeah. I think I just went off of because week two of Octoberama was our one year last year. So I, I just did week two again. No, that's wrong. Thanks. <laughs> um. Anyway, but God, two years we've been doing this. I know. God, it feels like forever. I know. My longest relationship. <laughs> Two years? <laughs> um, actually, us being... I mean, this is completely unrelated to the movie. But everybody's seen this, so... <laughs> we could... We could bullshit. We... Pretty sure we are each other's longest at, like, relationships. Aside from, like, family. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> not the podcast per se, but yeah, just because we've known each other for almost twelve years, right? Yeah, I know it's been over a decade. How how much beyond that? I'm not sure. But yeah, wow, long time, too fucking long. <laughs> One of us has to die now. <laughs> <laughs> not it. <laughs> I vote you. <laughs> um. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah, so this movie, quality-wise, is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. it's This is not going to keep you up at night. No. This is just the zany, off-the-wall comedy horror. Yeah, it doesn't take itself too seriously. Uh, I mean, unlike the route that Romero went, uh, Russo, in this and Return of the Living Dead 2... 
there's a lot of it's just it's silly. And um, then the rest of the sequels are all garbage. Oh yeah, well, Grave to the Grave and shit. Return of the Living Necropolis. Dead. Return of the Living Dead three. That was like the last movie that was watchable. Yes. Wasn't all that good. Which Rape to the Grave was four, right? Yeah, I believe so, yes. Yeah. That's when they went downhill. Yeah, I'm pretty then Necropolis sure. it has robots. Right. Yeah, <laughs> zombie robots. Yeah. They're like Robocop zombies. Yeah. That's basically what it is. You mix Return of the Living Dead with Robocop, and that's Necropolis. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you put an unstoppable monster in a fucking metal tank? <sighs> For money. Fucking Peter Coyote, I tell you. I don't know who Peter Coyote is. He's the guy in that movie. Oh. Fuck him. He always plays a real asshole. Well, fuck him. Yeah, fuck you, Peter Coyote. Why did you sound like Peter Griffin when you said it? I don't know. <laughs> it's just all right. All um, right. So are we done? Are we? I think I think I've said all. My, I I don't really really want to talk about the naked guy and the one armed guy. Other than that, I really don't care. <laughs> uh, and send more paramedics. But we've we've covered all those bases, so I'm done. Okay. Well, yeah. <clears throat> like I said, this movie is a classic. Uh, you really just watch it for the laughs, for the lols, <laughs> for the lols. Yeah. Um, if you're looking for more than that, you will be you're barking up the wrong street. Yeah, you'd be sadly mistaken. Um, did you say barking up the wrong street? Don't worry about it. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I guess uh, we'll just do ratings then. Um, I like this movie, but I hate everything it stands for. <laughs> I hate zombie comedies in this way where like the zombies are the joke. Um, I hate zombies that run and I hate zombies that talk and I hate brains, but I love this movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, there, I can't think of an example other than this one movies that I should just hate, but I can't help but love it. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Um, yeah, it's just it's just one of those movies, just one of those magical movies. <laughs> so I guess uh, I'm going to give it a seven. All right, um, I, I pretty much agree with you. Like this movie, as far as you know, conceptually, is so stupid, <laughs> and um, th- I mean, this is not any kind of artistic movie. There wasn't a whole lot put into it. Dumb characters shallow actors um kind of a dumb story that didn't really make a lot of sense um but i can't help but love it and maybe it's nostalgia i don't know um but this this is a great movie and you you, you gotta you gotta watch it with the right frame of mind this is a perfect movie to get shitty with some friends and just laugh your asses off about it um or, or you know if you're if you're like us, you could just sit and watch it alone and be perfectly content. Um, so, all that being said, I think I'll probably agree with you and say a seven. All right. So, so that, 
one last thing before we go. Yep. We like to play a a game. Let's just call it a game. Who cares? Uh, that we call plot holes, where we take a famous movie, take out a bunch of words, replace them Mad Lib style. All right. Okay, Tony, I need an adjective. Uh, engorged. A verb. Fap or fapping, whichever works better. Um, shit. An adjective. Uh, throbbing. A noun. Horny clown. An adjective. Anti-Semitic. Another adjective. Breakdancing. I suppose that is a bra- an adjective. <laughs> a verb. Fuck. Another verb. Shit. It's going, it's going old school. <laughs> and a plural noun. Tits. All right. So, keeping with the theme of the show, today's movie is Zombieland. An engorged shut-in named Columbus is forced to fap with a throbbing zombie slayer named Tallahassee in order to survive the zombie apocalypse. As Tallahassee sets out on a mission to find the last horny clown on Earth, the duo meets up with Wichita and Little Rock, two anti-Semitic girls (laughs) who have resorted to some rather breakdancing methods to fuck amidst the chaos. (laughs) Wait, fuck each other? Aren't they sisters? So, <laughs> reluctant partners in the battle against the undead, all four soon begin to wonder if they, if it might be better to simply shit their tits alone. <laughs> oh, that one was pretty good. <laughs> okay, okay. So that's going to do it for week two of October. On that's going to wrap it up. Uh, we'll be back again next week. With Week of the Slasher. Yeah, new one this year. Yeah, we're swapping out... You're the monster. Monster, yeah. Um, are we? Or you're... We had five last year. That was That's the That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, yeah. Next week is Week of the Slasher. So, uh... Catch- what are we watching? Oh, we are watching, uh... Friday the 13th, Part 6. Easily the best in the series. And I don't remember what yours was. The burning. The burning. The burning in my loins. <laughs> uh, that was That's the foreign title. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's the burning, and then in parentheses, in my loins. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Taylor, tell them where they can find us. Uh, the best place to find us is at graveplotpodcast.com. You can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or TuneIn. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All right. Um, so... Catch you again in exactly seven days. Uh, Until then, I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all just a little dead inside. Fuck!
Sticky while the bodies from the nose and nipple mouth I, I, 